0: Hey everybody! Uh, before we begin this episode, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a programming slash schedule update. Um, episodes for the next uh, few weeks or so might be a little more sporadic, as um, sadly um, my my grandfather passed away um, passed away Thursday evening, and so uh, you know it's just gonna be it's gonna be a weird, rough couple weeks kinda of while I kinda of deal with some things. So I will probably not be on this podcast very often or at all for the next few weeks. Um as I kinda of pass off some responsibilities to other people. So this is probably the last episode I'll be on probably for at least the rest of rest of May, maybe. I don't know. We'll kinda of see um we'll see how things go. But um yeah, so just want to give you guys that update that things might be a little sporadic. And I just want to thank um you know, I just want to thank everybody for you know continuing to support this podcast and listen to us over the years and hopefully uh you kind of forgive us if we take a little bit of a breather or at least i take uh a little bit of a breather while i kind of deal uh with this news so yeah thank you all for listening um and here is the uh here's the normal intro you can have heard this episode forty hours early on our Patreon patreon.com slash IndieHeadsPodcast but joining us for as low as $1 a month you'll see episodes early and get access to our Discord server all our upcoming episodes will be up on our Patreon 48 hours where it hits our public podcast feeds but if you're hearing this through our Patreon feed we thank you so much for your support we especially want to thank our Real Ones patrons including Beck Tien, Georgia Mikowski, James Boss Holiday Kirk tyler marcy anime chance holdup delaney mothman josiah duncan jenna matt cameron great in the back of my Dracula, pablo escobar's hippos jackson chris jeremy bowl alex grichmanoff jp matthew taylor breen hair drew wharton i like books sarah moore griff ballard max kaposinski mark barry Cal50, Piss Admiral, Dillo Captain Antonil, Chris Wade, Midwest Maxwell, Kevin John, jake Wald, Eraserai Baby, Keep Autism Weird, Rob Marino, Max, Dylan, Zach, Gavin for Freak, and Maze Farms. To become a real one, consider supporting us for $5 a month on Patreon or we'll receive a bonus episode every month and get a shout-out at the top of the pod. Anyways though, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Indie Heads podcast. I'm your host Maddie, aka at and Prince on Twitter. On this episode, I am joined by Jackie and very special guest Alexis from the Hot Singles podcast. Uh, welcome back to the pod.
1: Thank you so much. It's a it's a delight to be back.
0: Uh, we have not had Alexis back on since uh, their best new pod episode, so glad to get them back on for the mainline series. And Alexis, you're
1: the reason we're actually here today. Because uh, what are we talking about on today's episode? We're talking about the state of K-pop. Because a thing happened when the, I think this was when the Coachella lineups dropped, right? Where people freaked out Mm -hmm. about Blackpink being listed as one of the headliners. Yes. And everyone was like, okay, apparently Blackpink are a thing in American pop music now. Uh, Why? What the hell? How did that happen? Uh, Not really sure. Um, Yes. And given that one of the other podcasts that I've done, other projects I've done in the past, is a big explainer intro to K-pop podcast for like music-interested newbies called Stan Ontology. And I'm still a K-pop fan and listener, Um, it was an opportunity for me to come on and say like, okay, uh, you might have some like, maybe decade outdated ideas about what K-pop is, if you remember when Psy happened, which is like fucking 15 years ago at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's scary. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: at this point, yeah, I think just with the with the rise of BTS and I guess to an extent yeah. Blackpink, it's just sort of like your average American probably has more knowledge of K-pop now than they would have, you know, yeah. whereas Psy was sort of this like novelty act to us at the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, now it's just sort of like it's a full-blown invasion.
2: to what has happened with Latin music in the last decade where originally they were just like, oh, okay, so Daddy Yankee is a thing, but there's not going to be any more of these. And that's how we were with like BTS and like uh and sigh and now blackpink headlining coachella feels like the kind of gate opening moment of like oh wait all of these are cr- totally commercially successful in the u.s because they're c- successful worldwide and it's like yeah the the western uh record industry in the last three years being like oh people besides white people exist and a lot of them live in america even
3: um yeah but it's also exciting. even
2: a lot of white people like can follow k-pop now like that it is really this global and that people aren't like freaking and also that a lot of this is in english too is the other thing like i'm just realizing wait this isn't even really that hard of a sell
1: yeah it's it's fun because one of the consistent themes through all the bits of both stan ontology that we covered but also just generally following k-pop history is various attempts to crack the us and crack english language performance to some degree all of them faltering all of them weird idiots and crack but like all of them having something to them but us arriving at a like quite professional quite slick like you know moment in this in this big machine there's also like massive industry machinations happening behind this like tie-ups between yeah like big universal and sm being the biggest one we'll we'll get into it when it comes to it but like yeah there are like reasons and like big industrial material forces driving you know like k-pop hitting the us as a market and like sticking which is exciting
0: yes um, and we should mention really before we get into the songs, uh, we do have a fourth guest, although they are here in the form of transmissions as, uh, Rose cannot join us, but Rose had thoughts on this playlist. Uh, so I'm just going to play the Rose intro and see, uh, what she has to say, because I, I, we're just going to, I, 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 which by the way, I have not pre-screened any of these. So <laughs> I'm just going to hit Rose intro it's, it's <laughs> it's like, and hope for the best
4: hey hi hello this is rose your number one friend uh i I made the dire mistake of having a really active social life for once after being just like shut in all the time and like then i realized like oh i can't go record this episode i gotta go see the mario many such
0: cases (laughs) many such
4: cases these these are the situations i get myself into now anyway uh i really wanted to be on this episode regardless so i'm just gonna send a bunch of transmissions in like remotely because uh fuck you i want to be on here too and i want to ensure that we like actually talk about non-english speaking music seriously without like just devolving into goofs completely like i know you all want to talk about gasms or whatever and i'm sure gasms is funny like i've listened to a couple songs from i was just like yeah that's pretty funny but just like i've, I've had it enough passed. of that i've had enough of that so I'm, I'm just gonna check in here and try to like give serious thoughts on songs as i can i i I really want to like k-pop not not to pull a haters gambit of like i want to like it but like i really do want to enjoy this genre because i because i've been getting really into non-american music lately like more in a more serious manner i'm just like yeah i should probably engage with this like as one should and then also just like Listen, I'm gonna get into it later, but damn, there's, there's those new jeans singles, dude. We got we got to talk about new jeans. That's Hell like yes. that's its own thing. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah. Okay, cool. See you later. Oh,
0: yeah. uh, I should note that we were supposed to record this episode a week ago when when Gasms Fever was at an all time high. Yes. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we'll get into it that we much don't, on this don't need episode. To discuss
2: Gasms. Besides the fact that uh, the today, Smokey Robinson released a pitchfork over under video. Uh, and then uh Namdi did a a drum cover of of a clip from that Pitchfork Gazes video in which Namdi rhythmically drums to uh uh Smokey Robinson listing a bunch of kinds of orgasms anyways
0: anyways uh our first song Alexis what was, what was our first song of uh of the pod
1: our first song is sort of like a why the fuck are we here in the first place it's the biggest single of Blackpink's re- latest release it's Pink Venom um which i'm gonna get it out of the way it's a fucking terrible song i really really strongly dislike this song okay
0: i'm good okay i'm glad you're saying it because i i was afraid to no, no, to, no, no, no. to to speak my mind I'll, first I'll on this it, one i'll I'm say it like,
1: like this. this like I, the way i structured this place was like we needed setup. we needed like what what are we like doing here and um a large part of it's like you know there is a thing that's breaking out commercially and it's blackpink's like we're bringing back the swag yellow era definitely yeah
0: this sounds like So, uh, the my 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 theory of K-pop, which is very unfounded, I want to say it's unfounded. Do not listen to me. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. A lot of the K-pop that I've heard or been exposed to, it always feels like it's a couple years behind what is going on in American pop music. And Blackpink is this song sounds like like Iggy Azalea. It sounds like fucking Black Widow Baby from like 2014, uh, 2015.
2: Yeah, the melody from Ponda Replay. Like
1: yeah, in yeah.
2: that
1: in that verse to yeah. Uh, like when you say being in or out of time it is such a fascinating thing, because like K-pop is also the thing that is notorious for like being ahead of the curve in very specific ways. It'll like grab genres internationally that are like still subcultural, make them pop music, and then like make it marketable elsewhere in the world. And like that's a thing that like happened with EDM in K-pop before it happened in the US It's just like this aesthetic is now like dominant and everywhere and it's not going anywhere So like they can release yeah. a song that sounds a decade old like easily Like this sounds like oh we'll get to Hyuna Like that's a song that Hyuna could have released in her group 10 years ago and no one would have batted an eyelid And it just it's out here now and apparently has you know six and, 650 million views and apparently this is normal Apparently this is normal Yeah
0: yeah, we we just we just talked over the the rap verse, which uh, I I feel like I can safely say why do we why why did this need a rap verse? So like, I mean, what's going? It, on? What, what are we doing some... here? I,
2: I so I <laughs> um I think like we've already set up exactly sort of the basic dynamics of what I think I wanted to sort of talk about as well because. I think I was talking with Alexis a while ago, weirdly about shut-ups, but it, we were talking about like the way that they structure songs, and you brought up K-pop, and it wasn't something I had really thought about before. But like listening to this playlist and this song, like I similarly do not love this song by any stretch, but like it is actually like structurally in terms of what it's doing on like a verse-chorus-verse, like where how it makes these pivots and these, like, genre switch-ups and makes them into this kind of seamless machine that just, like, manages to do things that um, are actually creatively interesting and melding together a bunch of stuff that is successful and sort of synthesizing it, but doing it in a way that can feel a little, like, um, not, like, focus-tested, but just sort of, like, it's a little too... And it can lead to, I think, sometimes reactions from Western critics, which like, I really don't want to throw them under the bus, but like, uh, Jeff Weiss's Coachella article that he wrote about Frank Ocean that also talked about Blackpink. I really, I liked a lot of parts of it, but I thought some of his commentary on Blackpink and trying to tie it into like AI stuff was like a little bit of a a a stretch for me. There is something like
1: distinctly orientalist about the whole like, oh, the Asians are like automatons. Like it's, there's something very on the nose about it. I get like 100% I get the vibe though about the sort of like pitch perfect construction because like okay the rap verse that you highlighted is like slamming from the like big chunky EDM hip hop into this sort of like weird boom bappy like East Coast Mm. sine wave synth like nonsense like it is completely incongruous it is like not really very effective at selling them as like actual interesting hip hop artists. What it is, though, is just, like, the sort of textural and tonal contrast section to section you'd never bother to get in an American pop song. Like, these 100%. sorts of bumps are not common. Also, just, like, like it's not actually that common. You get many American pop songs that aren't, like, just straight-up trap songs that are this harmonically oh, yeah. interesting. Like, mm-hmm. like you just have the weird fucking scale, like I did the, the like, the matter in my head. Like, I know which mode of the harmonic minor it is. Like, th- this isn't, like, technically interesting on its own, but just, like, there is always flavor. There's always like really strong songwriting intention here, even if it comes off as like incredibly, incredibly like stage managed. And like that, it doesn't lean itself to the sort of like naturalistic charisma that like would prevent someone from ever accusing it of being AI produced. But you know, yeah, like, still so don't call it feels AI very produced.
2: AR'd. But the difference between this and like the current state of like major label streaming era American pop music is that it's AR'd so much sloppier. <laughs> In America, yeah.
0: yeah. Whereas, yeah. which honestly, I kind of, I in in some ways, I kind of. There's a charm to that there that can I kind of respect a
2: charm in it, a way. But then there can also be the like Jesus Christ, like this thing is fucking. Pink Venom doesn't waste your time. Pink Venom no. is very efficient in what it's doing. It is also, I think, like you're saying, like I think that is the thing I like about it is the fact that when the rap first comes in, it doesn't just do a a beat switch, and we can talk about the state of quote unquote beat switches in popular music and how uh Drake needs to be arrested. Um, but like I think that the nice thing about it, like speaking to textural change is that it doesn't just when you think about like when R&B hip hop feature verses started becoming such a huge thing on like pop radio and kind of the clunkiness of like this is an R&B song and now step aside and like the camera, the music video camera is going to pan over to a different scene and there's going to be a rapper rapping over the exact same instrumental kind of clunkily inserting himself into this equation and here I'm, it's like i'm thinking taylor swift on
1: ba- uh, taylor swift bad blood featuring kevin 100 percent, yeah like, no.
0: But, oh god yeah yep. this kind of gave reputation a little bit with the song i, I can't lie but, there's a little bit of reputation i hear totally in, in but, but oh, yeah.
2: like but like speaking but like because of the fact that these are all members of a group that are all like have that group chemistry as opposed to it being like with well, the way that there have been so many there's so many of those features of like Migos in the mid 2010s where it's like these people were not in the same room, like absolutely not no 0% chance in this. It's like a group that is doing dances and choreography and all that together. So the chemistry is real and it does lend to the fact that even though like, I I agree that maybe it doesn't need a rap first, like that section of the song felt like it was stitched into this larger Voltron machine, you know, not to yeah, go back absolutely. to metaphors.
3: Yeah. It's really,
1: yeah. sorry, go for, it, go for it.
0: I was going to say not to blow my, my load too early in terms of uh, of a thesis, but it's very funny. You know, you kind of mentioned the Jeff Wise and the AI thing. I feel like some of the same people or like a lot of the same people that would criticize K-pop like, oh, it sounds just so, you know, whatever, like whatever random criticism, AI or some, something that's like, oh, it sounds so AI are like the same people that were praising that Drake and Weekend AI song being like, yo, this is awesome. Well, that, that,
2: yeah, just, exactly. That wasn't Jeff. But it, I do, it's I do, just I do, like, OK, do, so yeah, like you, this you,
0: is. Yeah. It, it, it's it's just like i again i'm i sort of admit straight up i am a fucking idiot when it comes to this like i feel like i'm so out of my death on this episode i feel like you delivered this playlist to the wrong podcast alexis <laughs> <laughs> in some ways it's just like why like i i've been so afraid like i which is why i'm yeah, glad yeah, that we you, have you, jackie because jackie can can because i don't know music theory i don't I, I don't I, maddie I, I, do
2: i know music theory i fucking don't i fucking fake no. my way through it you you don't no, need
0: to no, know no but music. you're way better at faking it than i <laughs> that i that i am faking, um, nice.
1: so exactly. i will say That's true. just on the like straight up eight like a nod with it to within an inch of its life point like one of the tracks that i thought about putting in but didn't was one of the bigger recent singles by um esper which is sm entertainment's new massive girl group that has sort of been like almost how talk.
0: massive are we talking how many members how many how, how oh, massive uh, are we talking this
1: is four members but also eight members only group, four okay because they've uh, got a sort of virtual reality counterpart who are also kind of like their avatars but also kind of group members and they like synchronize and do internet uh, things together <laughs> yeah it's it's a whole vibe but yeah so like one of their songs is straight up like the worst hyper pop you've ever heard because they've <laughs> I'll throw the word po- I've done this bit on on um, was it
0: written by frost children or something no Not it was it. written
1: by the sm entertainment in-house team but using like splice pack umru underscore snare underscore four like oh, very straight up like <laughs> there are all sorts of stories like it's very simply that like guppy and fraxium were like almost brought in uh, into one of the like writing retreats that SM ran, but the pay and conditions were so shit that they refused some level. So they just decided to basically recreate all their stuff, but in-house, which you can tell okay. like, hasn't worked at all because the song is like, I say this d- to drag another technical term, but like polytonal, like the ad libs and the bass line and the main vocals are not in the same key. It does not work as a <laughs> But like, see, that's kind of camp. But, that's kind of camp in own way. This is the point: is in like a and to within the in, in, uh, to within an mm-hmm. inch of your life can sometimes result in the sort of like undistinct, indistinct slop like Pimp Venom, like a thing with like not very good hooks and not very much to like differentiates it from stuff you had a decade ago, or it results in stuff that's like so chaotic and so on its bullshit that like only someone with like incredible aggressive vision is ever going to come up with this, and you need people who are like not perfectly inside the cultural context and also willing to just try shit with massive budgets to like make it happen which is exciting like this is part mm-hmm. of what we're doing here and like camp is absolutely part of the appeal no question
3: yeah
0: yeah i
1: think i think with pink venner to tie, tie a
2: bow on it um i think that the sort of like uh group hook chance or nature of the center of it Um, it's trying to go for a sort of gwen stefani-esque catchiness is what i was getting of like it is shrill but it's shrill in a a hollaback girl way that's a good pull that you like can't deny and i think that pink venom when you're going for that sort of thing it has to be so undeniable that like the objective annoyingness just sort of glosses over you and i think this is lands somewhere in between completely failing to do that and, like, succeeding, you know? It's like, okay, this isn't pissing me off, but it's also, like, not quite catchy enough that i feel like i really need to listen to this
1: again yeah no one's fucking humming the pre-chorus to uh pink venom exactly no one no
2: one hears "Uh uh-huh this my shit and immediately like you hear that and even before the beat drops like the melody's already playing in your head that's how undeniable by the way the hot the hot singles episode on pharrell fantastic uh a lot of really great analysis and a lot of really just like making noises at pharrell uh, productions, which is what that podcast should have been.
1: Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe to Hot Singles mm-hmm. in any podcast app and get it a week early at exportwards.io for just $1 a month. Uh, $1 for a, a month. dollar.
0: In the description. Link in the description. Dollars. There you go. Subtle. Hey, so uh, when we record this episode, uh, we forgot to do something about half until about halfway into the episode, uh, Rose sent in a bunch of transmissions for us to play, uh, after during the songs, uh, with her thoughts on the songs. And then for the first half, I just forgot to do that because I was tired and I just woke up from a nap. So, uh, you're going to, you're going to hear, uh, after we, we finish our discussions on these, uh, next couple songs, uh, you're going to hear a sound effect. I, I'll, You'll hear a sound effect, then you hear Rose's transmission, and then we'll be back to our normal discussion. Uh, it wasn't until halfway through where we actually incorporate the transmissions into the actual episode itself. Rose, I am so so sorry. I apologize deeply. Um, here, here, here's the first transmission, and then the rest. You gotta hear me. You're just gonna hear a sound effect, the transmission. Pull it out. Boom. Done. All right. Rose, transmission time for Pink Venom.
4: The, this, the, the Pink Venom, this is a very interesting one to start with, like, immediately, like, the first thing I hear is just some, like, very aesthetically questionable choices, and I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna give him a chance, but what the fuck is going on here? And then it just slowly devolves into, like, have you guys seen that fucking SNL skit where, like, I, I, I can't remember which guy it is, I think it's, like, I, I, th- I think it's Keenan Thompson, but, like, he's, 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 like, doing a rap intro, he's like, this is, MC, Big Chris, and then, like, 20 other rappers come in, and they all have their own just completely ridiculous aesthetics, and then also there's, like, fucking David S. Pumpkins is there. It's really bizarre, and this is what, that's what the verses of the song felt like to me, is, like, watching, like, 10 different kinds of things try to exist in the same space, it's, like, like the visual aesthetics, especially, it was like they were trying to do every type of Final Fantasy level at once. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It was it was fucking bizarre. I really like the hook, though. The hook was good, and especially when they did a little breakdown with that grata-ta-ta or whatever. Like, just it's Yeah, very, very, very interesting. I don't know how to feel about that. That that was a weird ass start to give me. Uh, Oh my god. If if, if it's like this, I feel like I'm just gonna die of sensory overload afterwards. Anyway, yeah, cool. Bye
1: Well then, uh, let's move to our next song. What is our our next song, Alexis? Uh, The next song is DPR Ian and DPR Live, uh, featuring CL's No Blueberries. And the reason this is here is because everyone screamed their heads off about Blackpink as a headliner. DPR also ended up, DPR being a sort of like little collective uh, full title dream perfect regime like a uh, production company label staple ended up in the Coachella lineup without anyone really noticing but they just sort of like were in the mix of like artists who were actually at Coachella as k-pop artists which is like okay if there are if Blackpink are the ones on the main stage who's on the like like undercard um and this song is also really bad I really don't like this song either <laughs> Yes, it's not nice. great
0: no. um I'm gonna skip ahead to like when the song actually yeah, begins, that's an
2: a, um,
1: interminable video-like narrative
2: oh, bit. Oh, I'm sure it's... We were, we were watching the other day, um, we were doing our uh, Rap Forum Veterans episode, and the video for Travis Scott's Upper Echelon starts with, like, a minute and 45 seconds of fake deep nonsense. And I was just like, oh, remember when Travis Scott... Well, he still does, but when he thinks he's, he's a filmmaker. Oh. Yeah, this is giving... Um, uh, keep... Wait, can I can I say go can right, I say Jack because I think I,
0: I think we're I think again a mind again a, a mental blast. I think we're on the same uh, I'm, page I'm here. It.
1: I'm so glad. Go, go.
0: I'm so glad that K-pop has their own Kid Leroy You
3: know.
1: Close. I was gonna say Paul on playlist, but no. They, okay. This is exactly what I was going for. This is like I heard Post Malone and I want to aspire to be on the playlist that he is on. It's like it's so okay. fucking insipid. Like I, I mean, I mean, think,
2: Bro- Brockhampton was doing the whole boy band shit. This is just literalizing it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, mm-hmm. like this isn't to say that like there haven't been umpteen like K-pop boy bands, like straight up like inside yeah. the machine boy bands doing this. Whereas this comes more from the like 88 rising, like
2: yes, K-pop,
1: a- K-hip hop, like school yes. of like we are. Proper hip hop artists often with our own like labels and collectives, but like individual artists, not groups. Joji's like, name is the person hovering over this conversation. 100 percent. There are others, like Jackson Wang, yes. for example, was the like lead frontman of Got Seven, very big uh, K-pop group, but it's like pivoted, hard pivoted to being in this lane because it's like easy to sell himself as a soloist in this lane. But like all of the music that, is this. Um, yeah. Yeah, good. I was yeah, going
2: yeah, to say. Just like, uh, <laughs> I- I I, I, uh, I was just gonna say real quickly about your your comment about the headliner thing about the context is I always think it's so funny how much of a big deal everyone who doesn't go to Coachella makes of who's headlining Coachella and that's like 80 to 90 percent of the conversation when like that's such a such a small fraction of what is going on at that music festival and also like in the same way that people were then using Blackpink as like, oh, this is what K-pop is. It's like, well, even within that same festival, like you can see uh, more than one shade of what this this larger thing is. And like, uh, I think it, mm-hmm. it is fascinating to sort of see, as, as this playlist, I think lays out pretty well, like, I think it's it's not entirely fair to say that all of k-pop is sort of in reaction to western pop music but the way that each one of these are positioning themselves with a real savviness i think and as alexis is pointing out like an ability to see this landscape and mash these things up in a way that makes sense but i do think this is one of the ones that feels very just like generic like this could be any number of steve lacy post malone sound alikes like and 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 the sort of extremely 2010s guitar tone on this song is like not even like there are lots of songs that i like that do this kind of lazy guitar tone but in a way that i'm just like well i enjoy this because it's gonna remind me of my uh, adolescent years for the rest of my life but like this doesn't even reach that far it's
1: kind of uh, yeah like there is there is no like actual bite to any of the hooks on this like it just doesn't land um, and mm-hmm. and I mean, like this is also to say, like you know, K-pop's not. I mean, from this sort of like th- aspiring to some very mid aesthetics, and like that's yeah. you know just entirely present, and also part of what actually sells in the US. So that's what comes over, which no, is one
2: hundred percent. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. it's and gonna, I think it's that was a little bit
2: of
1: it. my. I mean, we'll get into this with
2: the next act, obviously, but like I think a little bit of my initial hesitation to K-pop in general was the sort of me only seeing it as a boy band thing and my larger issue with even though I literally, one of the first two CDs I ever owned was Sync, I'm not above boy <laughs> bands. However, um, I do think that there is a certain kind of like nickelodeon star style singing that i have come to hate which is the like self-consciously sexy voice you know what i mean like (laughs) there is such a big difference between the singers that i think are genuinely just like like by their very essence sexy and people that are self-consciously trying to affect sexiness in their singing and there's a particular style of that that i think certain k-pop acts that i've heard can fall into and that's been a lot of what rubs me the wrong way even more than like production or whatever sometimes that's just like uh, i'm not i'm not vibing with the vocals here but i i think that this is doing that but in a not in the boy bandy way it is very much going for that kind of like mid-register streaming pop sort of thing and it's just so boring i yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah I was gonna say, uh I, I by the way, the, the the thing I mentioned at the top being like, oh yeah, it feels like K pop in, in my in my headcanon, which is again my my dumb, stupid headcanon, it feels like it's a couple years behind. Uh I've assigned a year to every single song on the playlist of what <laughs> when when I think it came out in, like in terms of the sound. This is so far one of the more modern ones. It sounds like it came out in like twenty nineteen. Yeah. Just because, again it has that post Malone kind of. I was thinking type like when sound.
2: did Sunflower when was the amazing the Spider Man movie that had That Sunflower was like on it?
0: 2009 I think that was 2019. 2019 into 2020. I want to say 20,
2: 2018. 2018. So yeah, that's exactly right. Then would be like a year after that, where people yeah it are has now to be, a,
1: it, but very specifically a year after Sunflower blows up and like makes a yes. lane for lots of people to do replicas of it. Yeah,
0: that's like one of the most streamed songs I think it's like in the top five, top six ever streamed that's songs crazy. on Spotify, which is nuts. Yeah, it is currently like, it was at a hit.
2: Uh, 2.6 billion.
4: God damn. Okay, this next recording is guest starring my lovely little cat, Wiggum. He's, like, sitting, like, right now. He's, like, currently trying to decide a spot to sit at. He, He doesn't know what to do. He's, like, kneading on my legs right now. It's very difficult to think about this song, but I need to for the sake of this recording. Oh, there he goes. He just left the room. Okay. Anyway, uh, no, no blueberries. Uh, I I did not know what to make of this one when I was watching the video at first. I was just like, it it went through like three different aesthetic shifts before it was finally like, uh yeah okay I guess we're just gonna be scary even though it doesn't fit the song at all like not 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 even remotely. I I just. I, I was fascinated by this one. This is... <laughs> this is a very pleasant song. I enjoyed this greatly. Like, I I, I I mainly like the guests more than the actual, like, lead singer, though, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I found their presences to just be more interesting than his. And just, like, I, I, I don't know. Having... I, do, I, I, I don't want blueberries in my ice cream cake. It's just a weird sentiment to start your, so, to start your like, chorus with. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like... I, I i just it's oh it's just i i i am sin- sensorially overwhelmed just because of the visual stuff i'm just like this is too much for me <laughs> like trying to digest like pretty decent normal pop songs which is like really shit visuals just sets my brain on fire for some reason also probably because like Right now I'm like really distracted because it's like I gotta leave the house in like half an hour to go see the fucking Mario movie. Like again, I gotta go see the Mario movie. That's a running thread through these recordings. It's like I gotta do that later. <laughs> it's really important, guys. Anyway, I'll, I'll get back to you on the, on the later songs. Yes, hello, bye. All
0: right, let's let, let, let's move on. Let's get to our to our next song. Uh Alexis, what what is our next song?
1: So the next song is like <sighs> k-pop's got a problem right now which is that bts aren't really bts right now and um no one really knows what to do about it like this is a genuine like minor crisis because like they have like on their backs alone has k-pop risen to the height of cultural Mm -hmm. relevance it has in the u.s right now
2: and And on their backs alone they should be taking a victory lap right now
1: they are literally i mean you say that they're also doing literally they are doing a lapse of their army base in basic training is what they're doing right now yeah, yeah. that's a uh,
0: because yeah that's been the you know even knowing not a lot about k-pop and bts knowing like reading enough about pop music you know, like that was the inevitable where sort of like they were a band that was inevitably going to have to like take a break because they were going to literally have to serve in the south korean army yeah. like mandatory, that, that, mandatory that was service going to happen
1: just like puts a, like, a uh, an enforced, a cap. like, two-year break in the middle or, like, but at least now, back end of many boy groups' careers. But, like, you know, BTS are not, like, a group of old men. They are, like, in their mid-twenties. And they are, like, yeah. very strategically, like, staging out when they are, like, taking their hiatus. To, so, like, make sure that there is, like, solo material coming out from the members, but, like, BTS are not going to put out stuff from, like, at this point, which is yet to come. Which is, like, so explicitly, like, a farewell for now track like uh like yeah. very directly addressed to their fans about them and them as a band like selling mm-hmm. themselves and the history of them and their fantasy mm-hmm. and like pro- promise like the shot we're looking at right now is um Cook in in front of a carousel saying you'll never walk alone which is the repackage to wings like this is full of stuff full of references to their own music videos like this is a nostalgia trip and like you can only really do that when you're like, I'm just staring at all these iconog- bits of iconography and being like, oh, wasn't that a good single that I listened to four years ago? Like, <laughs> it's, it's this, like is a, I, this is I, a problem. I, I like when you all the time, but that yeah. every YouTube comment, even if it's, like,
2: a, from a song four years ago, they talk about it like it's Woodstock. Like, this is the days <laughs> when music is
1: music. But, yeah, the ability to sell yourself entirely based on your literal, like, Tiny, I say tiny, your extensive, but very no. like temporarily compressed back catalog is like impressive, but also like and they are selling to their fans in no, this world. Yes. They're not selling to like the mass market, which it's I mean, really... they've got a problem now. They can't do the like big explosive expansion.
2: Yeah, it's really fascinating. Cause on one hand you can tell that this is not like, oh shit, this is blowing up at this exact time when they have to do this mandatory service. What are we going to do? It's like, they saw this problem coming a while ago because this has been this slow building thing and so they sort of were like how can we plan this out to make this absence that we can't avoid as like painless as possible to the brand and that has this kind of marvelifying effect where it's like all right this is good but this sort of feels like it's sort of a a a a a lodestone that is in place for like a 5 to 10 year plan yeah. where you're just like okay well this isn't this can't be exciting just even even if it's good it like can't be um like it can't feel like genuine inspiration or excitement just because it's too it, it needs to serve too much of a uh, a larger brand purpose
1: yeah it's a load-bearing music video yeah I like that <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's
0: very calculated which which I again I get why it's so because cal- it's it's literally calculated to again serve as somewhat of a goodbye for now but also a launching point for the rest of bts's like solo careers um yeah who's who again is it only one or two of them that's that's currently like having that's enrolled in in service right now i'm trying to remember who it is uh,
1: so i know Jen is the oldest member i'm pretty sure several of them have done it so that they like overlap as much as possible so they are like quite a number of them serving right now but like yeah like it is very much like Also, because to be clear, this is a political football issue. Like, there is a more conservative, a much more conservative government in power in South Korea right now who have like Mm -hmm. made the political decision that they would not grant like cultural exemptions and things like that. Yeah. Which,
0: yeah, I was going to ask. I'm surprised that that, like, if if, you feel like if any music act in in Korea would be like worthy of that, like, exemption, it would be BTS who have made the full crossover into america like no doubt about it so i mean like, like if, whatsoever
1: th- this was a sort of like political question about do we value our cultural like soft power enough and that became like the liberal position in our to as to hold to be like yeah what we should really be doing is like being relaxed with this and being more expansive with like how we value our like cultural exports versus the conservative position is like no they are korean men just like any other and they need to serve in our military and like it turned out, you know, like an election goes one way, and like so does the politics of the, you know, this specific thing. But I mean, like, you yeah. know, they'll get the, the the propaganda coup of like, okay, most K-pop stars, some of them do like fucking serve in the Marines. Or I say Marines, like serve in their Navy, or like you know, go through basic training mm-hmm. and like do like patrol work. Some of them end up like doing military, uh, like uh, theater work, like you know, like they'll have propaganda coups at every possible opportunity. But, like you know, that's what the government wanted to that's the situation they engineered yeah, yeah.
0: is it uh just, again, I sound like a, like a complete fucking idiot, so my my apologies is it just the men that that's mandatory service or is it men and women no, or it's just, mandatory service just men okay, I was curious cause I know because I know in like um israel it's both ways yeah exactly. Um, although now i'm thinking of of, again a a cursed zionist crossover pop music group in america where again this similar case of bts where it's like oh no like it's a Uh like oh no like it's 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 like a s club seven but for israel like oh no the the lingering thing of them having to serve like i just just thought imagine that her scenario
2: i I literally i literally (laughs) was gonna say that is that like i uh the the one thing i didn't like do a ton of research but when i was reading i thought something was really funny that um the, the corporation the the high B corporation their stock prices uh, uh took a massive dip among these the market speculation about the implications of the military so like these these guys having to uh, enlist in the military has literal global economic ramifications
1: it's wild okay. to be clear that's like, so awesome <laughs> I, I was talking about the sort of like madness of what's going on in k-pop's like business circle right now like uh, we'll get onto the, the, I can see in two tracks. Some, we'll talk about two tracks by SM Entertainment, who at least right now are still the biggest and most dominant, like force in the K-pop industry. Yeah. They've driven the culture. They are like, by like historic standards, the most like entrenched, stable and biggest company. Highly, yeah, my, uh, so, my incredibly broad um, and not super informed uh, view
2: on the uh, Korean music industry is it's like a good cover. You know, it's, it's different singer, same song like there are weird peculiarities to it but it is the same sort of thing it's like oh it turns out when you consolidate a business power in sort of a corporate entity there's going to be a a bad stuff that happens as a result yeah
1: so okay so so there are a couple things happening there so like much in the same way you had like a big was it was four now three in the u.s like i can't remember what the record label situation is top of my head but like the,
0: yeah big uh, three it's yeah. uh U- universal sony and um warner
1: warner yeah so yeah like k-pop has historically had a big three uh the third of which yg which was like big bang which might be a name you remember had a massive yes, number yes. of scandals associated with it mostly to do with like coercing sex and drug trafficking which is not a fun time um but like despite that they still have blackpink propping them up which is you know hit like you you I, said, I was about to say, you win some, you lose some. No, they have, like, catastrophically lost, but still have one of the biggest acts in the industry. They've been thoroughly replaced by Big Hit, now Hype. Um, the the thing that has happened, though, is that, like, SM Entertainment has in, been in this, like, weird period of stagnation. And gone from the biggest player to, like, clearly playing catch-up. But having this, like, massive A&R network and talent scouting network and, like, entrenched training systems... Which meant that, like, okay, when the corporate heads decided they're going to, like, okay, we've got this massive machine, we're going to, like, leverage it and, like, kick it to overdrive. They had to kick out the uh, founder of the company, uh, Lee Suman, the, the namesake of SM Entertainment. Um, and the w- the way he, like, very pettily, like, tried to get out of him getting bought out and sold to the mass to Kakao, the most, like, entrenched and biggest, like, media provider in Korea, was to ring up... Um, uh Si Hyuk runs hype and be like, hey, do you wanna buy my shares and launch a takeover bid to merge like BTS world with SM Entertainment? Like just like completely mad bullshit. Like fucking succession nonsense. I, I, yeah, I, I was That's about, so Kindle Roy. It's so, to so say, Kindle Roy. I am briefly interjecting to say someone pitched
2: the K pop succession uh TV show right fucking now. I would watch Ex- it. Except it's not interesting cool people it, it, to the extent it's where like dark. It, I mean neither is so, suggestion that's the point is that they're, they are completely vapid uninteresting people but it's uh,
1: interesting in a way yes yeah, so, so on the one side the, the current sm suits are definitely the like least interesting suits you could possibly imagine gotcha. lisa man is still like a, a guy who's got named credits like executive producer or just straight producer credits on like half the releases on his label like he is a guy who mm-hmm. like has like singularly crafted this whole like aesthetic and well, hey we'll come to nct that's like what it cashes out as like it's c- a little george lucas technology. where like
2: he's been bought oh, yeah. out
1: of the company but he's still looming over it exactly 100 percent. like his whole like scheme is the way that k-pop runs by but like behind this this like guy in shots uh short snappy suits with a like playbook for how to like mass market music internationally it's, it's like fighting just, boredom fights,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's also just the other thing I think is funny about it, and I think this is what makes, I think, for most of the real differences in how these businesses have evolved, is that, like, you describing SM as being sort of this, like, Old Lion, that's sort of a little on the decline now, but was the one that sort of created the model for everyone else. This is still happening on a relatively like they were formed in 1989, right? Like, yeah, So yeah, the yeah. fact the fact that it, this has churned so quickly, like with the with the current state of just like economics largely, but specifically entertainment, it's like they're speed running the American record oh, industry. Oh, one hundred Basically, what
1: it is. Yeah, they're also speed running the consolidation with like media service providers with the Kakao acquisition of SM like, right now, like, the song that quote-unquote that kicked off K-pop as, like, a modern phenomenon is, like, a 1992 New Jack Swing track called uh, Nanarayo, like, this is, like, we can talk about the massive US music, the, like, history, but, like, now nah, this is a very modern, very recent cultural production process that, like, is, like, it has its own textbooks written for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, This isn't, like, like uh, this big, sprawling, complex thing. It totally. is very much, like, about eight guys in three different boardrooms. We should move mm-hmm. on to yes. uh, the next song. However, I would
2: just like to note, while we were on this topic, before we move on, the other thing I found in my research is that uh, Lee Suman is a graduate of Sisa uh, Northridge, which is where my mom went to college. So, <laughs> shout, shout out. <laughs> shout out to Lee Hell yeah. Yeah.
4: Yet to come. Uh, yeah, one of, one of the fundamental questions I had when I was coming into recording this episode is like, Why, why BTS like why are they the ones who have just like just eclipsed every other group in America uh, uh, in, you know, international popularity beyond just, you know, the most direct audiences. That Them and Blackpink, those are the big two, and I don't think I'm any closer to understanding it in BTS's case. Like, Blackpink, I kind of get it, because, like, they got flashy and loud aesthetics that really, you know, just, like, go all over the place and translate well to people. It's like, if you, you can find something that's your favorite in every person, I guess. Whereas BTS, I'm just kind of like, yeah, these are mostly, like, kind of samey compared to each other like there's like two two or three of them where like I can see their kind of deal, like, I get it, it's, it's interesting, and, like, the song itself is, like, pretty neat, I like it, I, I, I just find it very jarring when, like, one of them is like, we're gonna touch the sky before the day we die, it's like, what, Wait, that, that's just a very out-of-nowhere sentiment to me, compared to the rest of the song, it's just like, yeah, we're, we're trying to be really sweet about this, it's just like, yeah, hardcore, hardcore, fucking, it's just... It's, Ugh. Anyway, uh, so, someone please save the BTS boys, they're trapped out in the desert right now, those guys are gonna fucking die of la- uh, of lack of water, of thirst, you gotta save them, save BTS, Had please, out there, everyone, all, all of them, please save everyone, especially Jungkook, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, say, hashtag save BTS, hashtag get the boys out of the desert, hashtag, uh, I I don't know just please get them out of there please I don't I don't want anyone to die because of this, this that would be really upsetting okay thanks bye Oh
3: god Absolutely. All right
0: uh what is our what is our next song <laughs> Alexis
1: So uh you know how we talked about like Blackpink sounds like a track that could have come out a decade ago Um Hina was making those mm-hmm. tracks a decade ago she was part of a group called 4minute who were really fucking good um But like fully on the front edge of the like the the like swag yolo dope wave like this was the look this was the energy and like five six seven years later she's like a grown-ass woman as a solo artist in the k-pop industry making songs for herself about herself basically and like okay this is Mm -hmm. the marker of like this is where the playlist gets interesting because this is where you start to see actual artists like taking control over their vision or at least like you know, stuff that isn't explicitly like mass market targeted like not a would within an inch of its life specifically just for like like global mass consumption. And you also get the sort of interesting idiosyncrasies of like, okay, how was K-pop grown up as a sort of way of doing music in the last like five to five years to like right now? So yeah, it's like mm. a, a proper breakpoint for like, okay, how does a, an artist deal with like moving to a new stage of her career? And like there are bits of this video that like immediately bring to mind like the Papi, uh, sorry, Water Me, the FK Twig music video with the like bulging eyes. And like, she's playing a-, a Yeah, like, I was gonna
0: say the eyes are staring, it's like the it's like the, the one picture of Miley Cyrus, like the big blue eyes oh, just yeah. like staring <laughs> daggers at me. Yeah. Like um, Jesus Christ, like stop. And,
1: and <laughs> I, yeah, it's, a, it's straight up a track I'm... about like the infant, like sexual infantilization. Like this is a track that like, feels almost impossible ten years to imagine to have come out and this is already five years old. This is like part of a Mm -hmm. longer playbook of like particularly solo female artists, like taking back control over like, you know, like how their output sounds and looks and like the sort of stories they want to tell in their music. But I also just think it's a really good pop song, and I just wanted people to start it hearing is, it a bit more. It is a
2: very good song. Uh, to me, the, like, sort of synthesis of reference points that I immediately clocked was a... The Clean Bandit song, Rather Be, was the first thing I thought about immediately. I don't know if you know that song, Alexis. I,
1: um, you're talking to someone who, like... Jesus. Like, I'm literally in the circles where the Clean Bandit fucking school of, like, classical music meets Deep House, like... Oh, okay, dude, that that I mean, fucking I, I assaulted I figured, me with knives, Jesus.
2: I f- I figure, but I just it's like that, but then then it immediately ramps into a chorus that is a hundred percent like Maddie on 2016, which is like exactly right, this yeah. is happening, yeah. Like so, like I think this is I, I'm glad that we're on the same page. This is by far the most the, the best song on the playlist so far. I yeah, and
1: I, I mean i very much had like three songs of setup, and then like nine songs of okay, here are bangers from mostly the last year or two that like yeah. sort of set set out where like the interesting things are happening. Mm -hmm. but yeah like i she also thinks she's just a really compelling performer like she knows how to i agree yeah sell herself yeah that was the biggest
2: thing i took away from this is that like those reference points do have their kind of like oh i can sort of pinpoint the year and the sort of vibe and all of that but like the the central vocal performance is charismatic enough to push through that and not have that be the first thing you're you're uh, 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 observing every time you're listening to it
1: yeah and like know that she is kind of a sex symbol to a degree and like one of the funny like going to the industry behind the scenes stuff she got kicked off her label that i think this was still released on i think this was on um dice i think it was on dice um because she ended up in a relationship with um another person a guy in another group called pentagon also on her label sorry cube that was the one um dice is the fucking ea ea like Battlefield's mirror's edge developer that's i was getting confused with other three letter words there's something because yeah there's there's that
0: dice there's the there's the ticketing company dice which is i would i will say not to do promo for dice a fucking ticketing company (laughs) they are currently the best ticketing company in the world because of no stupid fees and it's really easy to get tickets on their website just like oh go to the site click I want this ticket. Boom. Payment. Bam.
1: Done. I, I, easy peasy. I got tickets to Colella's only London show for a long time on resale from Dice, and I'm very grateful to that. Uh, for for that to them. But yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um, so easy. I don't. It, it's like there's got. Eventually, there will be a catch, but for now, it's like okay. I'm enjoying this company, this newish company that's like making ticketing, like like getting tickets for shows, way fucking easy.
1: Marginally more spittable. But yeah. Um. All of just to loop back cube entertainment that makes a lot more sense um yeah they kicked both dawn and hyuna off their label who are like easily their two biggest stars because they were in a relationship with each other and this leaked and obviously among many other sorts of like weird disciplinary measures that uh capable uh like production companies and labels have about their their like their talent one is just very straightforwardly like relationships are like fully verboten and they've moved coincidentally to size label, and Sai has become basically the home of um, like weird cast off solo performers trying to get like more adult ways of getting treated in their production processes. And yeah, HyunA and Dawn are like kind of a sweetheart couple of mine, um, like kind of a K-pop power couple. And uh, they've been off on again, off again for a little while, but like just like you know, actual fucking adults being actual fucking adults while also in K-pop is like a genuine remarkable thing on a basic level so like i'm mm-hmm. i'm here to, totally
2: so like, it has it has the same vibe as like when there's an american child star that somehow gets spit out the other side and seem like normal enough you're like fuck yeah awesome great yeah. job
1: entirely yeah
0: oh boy uh also uh the year i would sign the song to i originally had it clocked as like 2014 but i feel like after hearing the discussion that feels a little too mean so i, I might bump it up to just like current year which is 2017 like it definitely sounds like also just re listening to it being like oh yeah this sounds like perfectly like something that would have came out that
1: year um like, and i think yeah. it did <laughs> so you're right in the money, yeah. or yeah. at least thereabouts. i guess i
0: did i did write down when the songs actually came out in my notes too so i would know for sure like how far off or
4: how close i was to to the actual year yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> babe or uh, bebe as one might call it uh th- wow this this one holy shit i really like this one a lot like this is, this is my favorite so far by like a country mile i was just like really impressed like it reminds me a lot of like several trends of american pop music that kind of fell out of fashion over time like they're really like tropical flavored shit that we were doing around like a time of like funk wave bounces one. Now we're on like funk wave bounces two. It's fucked up how time passes like that. And then also like the really kind of trashy idiom inspired pop that we were doing around like a time of like the chain smokers. Like it's really fascinating to see those come together, but done in like the most tasteful manner possible for either one. Just really, really good stuff. I was shocked. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, this this is just a good good song i just i don't know what else to say about it oh man yeah i've, I've probably got to check out more of this song. <laughs> uh
0: but what, what is it what is our next track
1: our next track is temen's advice um this is the last track he released before he moved to well he did mandatory military service which he is just finishing up right now it's about a year old uh, like 15 months or so old um, Temin is a uh, member of a very, very well-regarded and uh, like, like long-time group called Shiny. Uh, Shiny have sort of, I think, formed in 2008. Um, so, like proper, proper industry veterans. One of their members t- took his own life, like about four or five years ago, which is sort of like marked the group since. But basically, all the members have since had like either really successful like media or just straight music careers. Um, including, mm-hmm. like, a lot of, like, big awards to one of the other members, Key. Um, he, uh, like, basically had, by the consensus track of the year in K-pop last year. But Taemin's, like, by reputation, the most dramatic, best dancing, like, hard, hardest working, like, straight down the line. Like, if you want a fucking performance, you go to tendon. Um mm-hmm. And I wanted this because it's, like, the fucking height of, like, overproduced melodramatic bullshit. They're just, like, I... You can't fucking find this shit elsewhere.
2: So like, so I was gonna say the performance stuff definitely helps contextualize this for me because I don't like this guy's vocals. So like,
3: uh, <laughs> That's but fair.
2: I I also think that I hadn't even pegged. I think I had some other reference point in mind, but as I'm listening to this right now, I was like, oh fuck, Twenty One Pilots.
0: Ah, God damn it. Okay, I I clocked as like K-pop's like but, Travis Scott, but I feel like Twenty One Pilots you know, is like the melody, maybe a little more the accurate. The melody
2: and the way it is like synthesizing quote-unquote hip-hop with then like this uh very 2010s radio pop uh radio rock sound that maddie and i are unfortunately very familiar with as uh sort of <laughs> veterans of the car commercial number ones this this yes. this, this does have a lot of that kind of i don't think it's a terrible song i think i think the melody on the chorus is like not bad but kind of going back to my sexy voice comment that this is a little bit what i was talking about
1: yeah yeah there's no question about it he's not a high-powered vocalist he used to be a not very good vocalist at all and like got to this point with like a lot of training and that's yeah, him, him being, in being like, the sexy dancer tracks out yeah he used to be just like a fucking, the joke was calling a mushroom like he literally was just like this like bowl cut
0: okay hang on like this shot things. real quick why why is he recreating a shot from the look what you made me do music video what's going on here <laughs>
1: Um, because uh, sorry I just
0: had to put That was in my notes so I just had to point that out yeah. When it popped up So
1: I mean like <laughs> He is absolutely the like Where the fucking uh, What the fucking uh, Fucking Rick Ramones Fucking where the Supreme cut off uh, Sports bra In the final dance sequence Like he is going to be mm-hmm. The one doing the like Oh we're going to do The edgy fashion We're going to do the like Slightly feminine looks And like genuinely Some of his solo stuff Is like I think Been really excellent For like doing the kind of gender fucky but mostly just like really hot like sexy performances stuff and that like yeah yeah, i'll fucking take it if like he's not going to be like the superstar vocalist he never was really meant to be um but like if you want like big crazy stupid christian imagery and car crashes like this is kind of like what we got yeah
0: yeah I, I mean i think the thing too is that you know we shouldn't you know like just how like in american pop music we don't like expect like vocal perfection yeah, totally. from all of our like nah. american pop stars like this is a case where it's like charisma can get you a long way Yeah. Uh, and this guy's clearly without, even if i don't like his voice he clearly has a ton of charisma
2: without the uh like uh mountain of sort of caveats and hang-ups that this comparison comes with it's a little chris brown kind of
3: kind of
1: I I see it, I see it. Like remove all the cultural associations. Remove everything. Yeah. Chris Brown is incredibly defensive about his masculinity. Tayman is not. Tayman is here to sell himself as being- That's
2: a good point. Tayman is here to sell himself as being- Jason Derulo. Willing to be be in Cats. Yes. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Like a little, and it hasn't, but then a little bit, from the presentation, I'm getting a little bit of sort of weekend fake deep guy. Oh, no, 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 he,
1: he, this is, like, the most Catholic, um, K-pop star you will find. Like, he is fun, fucking, He's he's getting
2: Madonna with it, Burning Crosses, any of that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, so, like, uh, I don't know if you want to start picking up other music videos, but, like, if you want the, like, straight-up sexy version of him, if you want the sexy voice version of him, his breakout solo hit was called Move, which is basically just, like, a, like, a sub, like, 110 BPM Gestapo beat.
2: Oh, my God, Um, I just had, like, a, a fucking Jimmy Neutron playing bass zane zane is also uh, the energy i'm getting yeah 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 i mean
1: mean, the hottest member of a boy group is not of a very very cheery boy group is not far off but again like i think we're also like again i think the song's craft is a lot more interesting than most of the like you know the that swimming in like this is like getting approaching the like interesting bits of old weekend in my mind but also just like aiming for a kind of like catholic bombastic stupid kind of melodrama that i just really appreciate when you you're scrolling through the comments right now like yeah everything will be about his competence it'll always be about him being like the best version of himself it'll always be about like the like craft that has gone into it because that's the thing that like has sold shiny in general but particularly temen as an idol and like Mm -hmm. when the fuck are you gonna get american pop stars being like talked about as like ah they may not be the most blub, but their craft is on. Board. Yeah, and like that's They're just only, such a weird.
2: Craft, craft
1: is only talked yeah. about
2: in the context of a Beyonce-esque figure, where it's like, look yeah. at this mm-hmm. person. We're gonna do a documentary, but it's craft—it's serious. Ah, like yeah,
3: it's and- not.
2: It's not like fans sort of be. It's kind of like in sports, fit, like like in like deep NBA fans, like man, that guy's got great fundamentals. You know, mm. like that that person, <laughs> he's rebounding is out of control. <laughs> Like that—that that sort of.
1: Vibe. <laughs> By
3: the oh, way,
2: yeah.
1: uh, go Sixers! Fuck the Celtics! Oh my god, I didn't actually—I didn't actually see the final score. Uh, please,
0: I just say yeah. We're, we're recording this when was, was it? Celtics versus it's, Sixers? It's yeah, they yeah, went yeah. to okay, overtime. Oh!
1: Sorry,
2: I checked the one, final one, score one, and I one, just one, one point. Uh, Game-winning three in overtime. Harden won the game.
1: Thank you, thank you for letting me know. I purposefully turned it off so I wouldn't get distracted during the first half of this podcast. No, but... that 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 would have that would have <laughs> been.
3: I a let out a primal
1: scream, and it was a very necessary primal scream.
4: Oh. <laughs> Advice, I, I, this this one really confused me. It's going like, like visually, it's got a really weird, edgy aesthetic going on. That I didn't know what to make of it. Just like this, this one feels like the most confused to me. Like it does not know what it wants to be in any capacity of the word. <laughs> Of, 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 you know, what what he what, what define pop song. He was like, a little piano intro. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's neat. And then it just kind of does nothing interesting with it. It's just like, well, we got this, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just uh, th- 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 this one just, <sighs> sorry, not not very good, I think. <laughs> yeah, hopefully better than this in the future because I just, I don't I don't know what to make of this. I really don't. This is the one where I'm just like fully confused as to like who this is for. Maybe you can tell me. Maybe you got to help us, okay? That that was a quote from uh, Mario in Hotel Mario, another Mario property that is not the Mario movie, which I'm going to see later. By by the way, did you guys know I'm going to see the Mario movie?
0: (laughs) Uh, With that case, let's move on. Uh, What is our next song, Alexis?
1: So the next song is a stand-in for every group that's a boy group right now is boring as shit except for NCT. Um, NCT is the brainchild of aforementioned Lee Soo-man with his, like, idea of cultural technology getting a refresh in, like, 2015-16 for neo-cultural technology. Um, which is basically his attempt to, like, systematize the, like, global reproduction of a very common format. It fucking failed. Like, it just, like, the, the idea of having a K-pop group based in Bangkok and Tokyo and Seoul and Beijing and then branching out to globally to have like one in South America one in the States just like has not materialized. They very much decided they had to retrench the concept but what they still maintained was this like incredibly aggressive like slightly fucked up a which is like just driven their like flagship group of the project which is NCT 127 which is the like for the Seoul's latitude I think um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which has just been like They've, they've been the ones to like be the group picking up newer styles, regurgitating them in like, K-pop vernacular and doing slightly weird, stylistically interesting things with it. Um, I say this at the same time as all the other K-pop uh, boy groups are doing the most like aggro, like, mindless bullshit possible, and I didn't want to show it to you, so you get this instead. Yeah. I like the song quite a bit. I think that every, I love that every time you give me
2: one of these contexts and I'm just like, ah, this is, like, filling in all all of the pieces of what I was, like, sort of thinking about. Like, I definitely like this and I like how, um, like, how it definitely does feel in, in a similar sort of way in some of the other stuff, like, referential to some of this, like, electronic and rap music stuff and also some of that, like, 2008, 2010, like, kind of pop, uh, hip-hop stuff. Like, I thought a little bit about, like, On the chorus it gets a little like ti whatever you like like that kind of like 2008 (laughs) scary like this is the best night of our life but there's like there's like there's a bit of a like 2010s bass music grit to some of the production like it actually is
1: kind of going hard you're getting drill bass lines in the in the pre-chorus like the the previous verse we just slipped past like definitely has a drill bass line just like sliding in there and like and i also the synth sound design is just like pushing modern every chance it gets which is interesting even as like formerly, it's like a really, really old school R&B track fundamentally. Yeah, I, lo-
2: I love that synth texture though. Like that's the thing is that going back to sort of that conversation of time and all of that, this is an example of like, oh, it's clearly referencing something that is quote unquote dated, but yeah. it's referencing something dated that is currently he, trendy. Yeah, and sorry, it's just doing to pull it- you up doing it in that in that sort of way that feels at least a little bit of an elevation you know what i mean like it's 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 close enough to arena sawayama type elevation of
1: yeah, yeah yeah
2: an old aesthetic
1: moments like this though just to yes this was good just fucking drop out like fully cloud rap
0: yeah like very cloud rap kind of like production here i was gonna say we all have like we seemingly have like three separate thoughts about like the production sounds like this is a weird poll i can i literally cannot explain why i feel this way the production here reminds me of like of like seven songs era kanye like 2017 oh, totally. 2018 no, yeah. era kanye the- in the way like sort of the, the modern like kind of synthesizers and sub bass but like the way like the the beats kind of stab in, in a certain like no. kanye-esque way but updated yeah um,
2: i was just gonna say that um going back to my thing about how alexis's context made perfect sense to me when you said the fucked up a and r thing i was like even more than earlier, I talked about the other one being like Paul and playlist bullshit. This is like this sounds like these are the actual Brockhampton, where it's like okay, there's clearly a lot of talent here. Doesn't so necessarily doesn't necessarily feel like it's being managed super not efficiently, <laughs> not um, or like, in a way that name. makes any sense. But there is there are a lot of reference points I do like. It's clear I can hear that like everything that they are pulling from is stuff that I enjoy. It's not yeah. any like.
1: It's it's exactly that, like, uh, the, we talk about the fucking numbers members game, like, NCT does not have 127 members, that's not what the number's about. But as a ho- an entire project, like, with its, like, Chinese, like, aspect, and its, like, young members yeah. aspect, and, like, the sort of floating members, it has 23, like, talented performers who are broadly part of this project, <laughs> like... Yeah. So you're managing... What do you, think, who do you think
0: you are, NCT 127? Broken social scene or something with that many members? Come on now.
1: Uh, well...
3: But that uh, is, um, da, da, I was, I was going to bring up... Um, have you guys heard about
2: this... Um, the new Amazon show, Citadel. Have you heard anything about no, this thing? I have yes. Not. Okay, so this is really funny because it sounds like they... This company fucked up in the exact way that Amazon did, which is that Citadel is literally... First of all, it's a Russo joint. Second of all, it's not even a, oh, this is an idea the Russo brothers had. Literally, Jen Sulky, the head of content at Amazon, had this idea reverse engineered from this business plan, which is that we want to create an international hit. What if there was a spy show about a spy agency and there's going to be one like central Agency show that's like with American stars or like English speaking stars, and then we can have spin off shows in seven different countries that are going to be in the languages of those countries so that we can have hits on a global scale. And everyone watched the, 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 and like, so they just put up like the first five episodes, it cost like. 300 million dollars an episode or whatever like insane and the episodes suck ass and it's like this is a business idea in search of uh and 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 this is not that bad but it's like the same thing where like they had the idea of oh it would be cool if we could have someone here and someone there and and not like working from the right direction it was a top down sort
1: of thing yeah 100 yeah
0: it, the i mean this this is this is a whole sidebar well i'll briefly i'll get Go off of this, as soon as i can it really feels like with citadel and i guess uh like last year's the gray man russo brothers really having an emperor has oh no god of uh, being Hap, like Hap oh city. yeah like it it was very clearly that like kevin feige was like really the guy pulling the strings behind that phase of, of marvel and those movies and just like these guys can get my vision yeah. done as soon as you take away the kevin feige figure these guys have no fucking idea what they're doing martin Scorsese. Like, it's clear that they were not the geniuses behind like to, you to know, the, the avengers if anywhere in game
2: martin scorsese shut up you don't need to say anything the russo brothers are making your point about how much <laughs> they hate movies like more than you could ever make it yourself just be quiet and let them put their, their own foots in their mouth yeah exactly not like these
0: are guys same. that they're investing in like fucking ai firms to like try to make that oh ai filmmaking did like, you read a reality the, did you
2: read the quote from him about how he thinks in the future you'll be able to go home and tell your uh your tv to make a romantic comedy with me and marilyn manson
0: oh my god oh terrible you mean marilyn monroe i would no, hope sorry. i want to be I, in a rom-com I, with, I, with, I with just, marilyn manson I, I do
2: that all the time where like i i have like not not like a um not like dyslexia. I do it more with numbers than words, but like one word is coming out of my mouth and in my my brain is just not registering that a different, I'm like, you know, that thing I just said, I'll, I'll like say like a day of the week and I mean Tuesday and I'm saying Thursday and like, I don't realize until three minutes later in the conversation, like that that's what happened right there.
0: Jackie is your your average unemployed friend right now. Hey, <laughs> hey I was just. I'm just about kidding. You're you're soon to, you are soon to be employed though. You are you're soon to be employed. It's different. You're soon to be self-employed. I I kid. I
4: kid. Um. Okay. uh Ao, this one this had my like favorite. It's not my favorite song here so far, but like the production, dude. Oh my god, the production of this one was really good. I really love the. Like the 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 way they're contrasting the drums is just like, you know, all those flavors of sense, you know, like the really big kind of brassy ones and then just the nice like The the, the nice icy sounds that they get towards the verses, like, super, super, super good production. I don't know how I feel about the performers, especially because, like, I was having a hard time taking them seriously. Because I made a joke earlier about, like, Blackpink's music video looking like every level of a Final Fantasy game combined. Like, when they were not in the big room dancing together, their alternate outfits looked like fucking Kingdom Hearts characters. Especially the one with the spiky hair. I was just, like... Dude, come on, that's 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 fucking like come on. <laughs> like I really I really could not get over the kingdom heartsiness of it. And it just made me laugh a lot. And I was just like having a nice time with his eyes. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is pretty good, this is pretty good, but also like please stop wearing the fucking outfits. They're too silly. You've you you found a point where I just go, no, no, enough, please. I I I, I can't take it seriously anymore. Please, please. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna kill me! Uh-oh. Yeah. Guys, it's
0: time to stand, Luna. What's our next song, Alexis?
1: Our next song is sort of the pinnacle of Luna's like bizarre, slightly imperious, slightly faltering run to the core of our hearts. It's high, high. Yeah. This song is just like hits eleven and yeah. stays at eleven, Yourself. and so like fundamentally, like it's a moment to be like their company is a bunch of shitheads. They tried to screw over the member who was like, you know, calling out all their like, absolute nonsense. But the reason this track is important is because Luna genuinely did introduce a bunch of really important things that like make the next wave of particularly girl groups make sense. So like, mm-hmm. this is a track that sounds relatively generic even by, what particularly by Luna standards, because a lot of their like, the reason they were so bizarre is their run up was like every single member got a solo track. And so that's like a moment for them to shine out. And, like also build this like big law project thing. And um, this was the last moment where the guy behind that law project was still in charge of the the production process. So like you're gonna get like all the sorts of weird little elements from each like character story each little moment like smashed together. So the song is almost subordinate to like the concept. Um, it's a fun song like a really fun bright bouncy pop song but it's a very generic one. But like, I, I was I was
0: gonna say this is my favorite so so far in the playlist. This, this is my this, favorite so I far. Love I mean,
1: it's just yeah. fucking, it's, it's fucking infectious. It's just also like not like got like a individual, particularly individual stamp on it. That's all.
3: That's but a, yeah,
1: like, like the ability to have like this like you know we with letterbox with white instead of black. We've got this like film grained like, like very like color corrected sheen over it, everything. It,
2: it, it is very um, post urban outfitters aesthetics. You know. Yeah
1: with the like we'll get like the sort of like font reel of like orbit like like although like references to the fandom that is also kind of the like large-scale narrative they're trying to tell the the weaving in of all the the, like various plots bts are obviously doing this but like bringing the like aesthetic over to goal groups is like a very important thing that they needed to like carve out space for and like luna were the ones to do it like there was a reason that people like flipped out about lunas because like this is tumblr is to innovate.
2: Yeah, like, 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 and and I really like that. I think a lot of the time when there's like production that is this bubblegum, I think the sort of visual input that people choose to go with are so like just so obvious. Like bright pink, wouldn't that be perfect? But like, I like all that pastel seems to be like crucial. Like if you look at all the pictures of Luna, like on their page, like they're always doing pastel colors. Like that's their whole thing.
1: Yeah, just that like that little like very short thing of like one frame of a different font with a different color screen for every single member and their like little story, just like getting no, flashed yeah. one.
2: I, I, I realized like, that, that is like, a... yeah.
1: That's the aesthetic key to the whole music video on my mind. Like it's like ty- like typography, flatness, like 2018 aesthetics, like just like coming bleeding out so transparently. And like, music. it's it's giving, uh,
2: it's giving like rusty wave racer, like mid 2010s, not quite video game inspired. It's not like eight bit, like Anamanaguchi, but it's got that sort of like Sonic level pep in it step, you know? Oh yeah.
1: To be honest, what it's giving is twice. Like the the thing it's giving is other K-pop groups doing the hyperactive. It's giving, you know, go, go back to like girls generations G. Like this is a, this is a Mm -hmm. template that like girls groups that want to do the, like, what they're basically on trying to feign hip, being hip hop groups. Need a sort of like fucking explosive, like very first, um, yeah, very very. This is first a, very,
2: a very reductive co- uh, comment that often ends up giving getting made about Asian music, but this is the most anime theme song, uh, <laughs> song of the episode for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? No, I, yeah. I
1: get the vibe. Yeah, it, I mean it's very it's
2: the, very eighties pastiche, but like in a very creative way. Like yeah, so exactly. many anime theme songs have that really upbeat da 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 like like that that kind of like uh freneticism to it
1: yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah like th- fundamentally like k pop is sometimes willing to subordinate uh, like, a oh. i'm not going to say subordinate the song right. but like oops. no i get what you mean yeah, yeah. like that le- the, the song oh
0: i forgot to play roses uh i <laughs> for i've been forgetting oh, to play roses God. transmissions
1: no! uh oh, so shit.
0: i i will i will i will put post, them in and post, post.
1: Yeah, okay. That, i will,
0: I will cool. add them in in post rose i'm so sorry rose i'm sure uh, you said but amazing we're, we're,
1: insightful things we we're, but we were, no idea yeah, they we're are, gonna okay.
0: keep we're gonna keep going let's hear that's let's your just a so week
2: yeah i gotta through.
0: make sure i get this because again she did it by song names not artist names which makes it a lot hot harder for me okay here we go here are rose's thoughts on hi High. rose i swear to god
4: the rest are gonna be added in post i'm so
0: fucking sorry <laughs>
4: Hi, hi, uh, yeah, uh, everyone keeps telling me, everyone keeps walking up to me on the street and telling me, uh, Stan Luna, Stan Luna. I, 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 you know, and after today, i think i will because god darn this is a real good song this is just very fun and hyperactive and like i very immediately get the appeal of this particular group like it's it's been hard to sell me on some of these people because i'm just like i don't know what your deal is but i think i kind of get luna's deal after this and i'm just i'm really enamored with how fun this one is just very very good vibes all around i'm sure I, I I know there's a couple uh, fucking K-pop groups that have like some weird scandals going around. I'm really hoping that Luna isn't one of them because then I'm just going to feel Does bad. She know? <laughs> but like, come on, dude. This is just really fun. I am I, having a nice, pleasant time. Does she know? And what What more can you ask for from, you know, laying in bed and listening to K-pop songs on my phone? Like on off my phone speakers. Like I'm literally just holding up my phone right now. And recording off of that, and then also just like flipping back to YouTube every time to watch these videos because I'm a goddarn freak who refuses to get out of bed because like I got better things to do later than that. You know, like getting out of bed just to watch K pop videos seems, seems like a little too much effort, I guess, for me today. We'll, we'll see though. I gotta put the effort in for something, you know, like the Mario movie. <laughs> Bet you didn't see that one coming. Thank you, Rose.
1: Oh. Um, on, on November okay, 25th, bro- Blockberry Creative announced that Chu, one of the members of Luna, had been removed from the group, citing a quote, "abusive power."
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, uh, Chu is the yeah, I Is named after that's how I we know about yeah. this Stan um,
1: Chu. Yeah. Yeah, but, but like this group it doesn't exist anymore. Like fundamentally the group is blown up because their labels are the, the, what well, their label is like an absolute bunch of shit. Cuz they've heads. stood
0: behind Chu, which is the the group has stood behind Chu, which I think Absolutely. is really again, good solidarity there. I I'm I'm glad that that they're like, no, like we're not gonna keep going if we're if you're removing this member of the band. Like, yeah. come on now.
2: I'm also glad Rose brought up Stan Luna because that is was for a long time my primary uh knowledge and understanding of this group was people telling me to stand. Just
1: Stan Luna, it's the right thing to do. I will say, like, the important thing is like the guy Jaden Jong who like did all the like uh production and like artistic direction up to this point where the label booted him off and like tried to make Luna normal um has got like four of their old members uh into another agency so they will probably come back as a, like a four-member girl group at some point which i'm genuinely just like oh, yeah. okay dude like urban outfit is like elevated slightly conceptual weird like planetary emotional distance b- bullshit yeah go, stuff. go
2: go take glass animals as lunch get that guy out of the paint you know
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: well then let's move on to our next song and let's pretend like we didn't just speed run through all of roses transitions <laughs> transmissions because we forgot to to play them because i am a dumb idiot who's tired and is 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 got weird fucked up time zone shit because i'm so used to specific standard time my brain is not comprehending let's move on to our next song alexis what what was our next track
1: our next track is what by kepler um sort of like came up out of nowhere um one of the many joys of K-pop is the fact that they uh that that the industry also like self reproduces itself with competition shows very regular regularly in a way that doesn't seem to be the case anymore in the us um they got like added into a show called queendom um which is like a bunch of established girl groups fight it out to see who's the biggest queens you know like sort of transparent but like they were like basically unknowns and then kind of blew up on the back of this. Um, the reason mm-hmm. I wanted this in is because, like, basically the most interesting stuff going around right now is all go groups. Like, this is just pretty easy to say. Like, this is all the stuff that I'm excited about right now, personally. Um, and what are the, like, triangulates a bunch of the, like, what does the mainstream big sound sound like right now? But also, where is it getting its influences? And hard dance? I
0: was going to say, this is... Um... This 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 is my meanest year yet. Uh, yeah. This again, this clocks as 2011 slash 2012 to me. And also like the fact that during the 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 uh, the verses it has like the two one two drum groove a little yeah. bit.
2: I mean, oh, that yeah, is yeah, the yeah. part of it I like the best by far. The two ones, yeah, so that's like, the best part. It, yeah. even though I love a big cheesy one-two-three everybody let's fucking jump synth, I, I'm one-one to know one of those when I hear it. I, I did not particularly enjoy this. One. I don't think this is a bad yeah. song, but definitely.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. The only thing keeping out of like the doldrums of that era of like smashy crappy EDM is the fact that the kick drums are those like big hardcorey mm-hmm. sustained kicks that like that's not a thing in, that was in the EDM vocabulary. Like that's a thing totally. that they are like yeah. stealing out of like your, like Eurodance and hardcore. Like, it's just definitely. strange. Um, And like, it's one of the strange things like uh, Kepler and also Everglow, another big goal group, like have blown up with tracks that sound that are just taken from like, you know, like, you know, hardcore in the like most traditional sense. And like, I, do- yeah. I also just really love the two half chorus, first half implies minor, and the second half is like unabashedly screaming. Screams yeah. major, like it's just a lot of little tricks that allow them to like play off this like bigness in a really like Ever-escalating way like sometimes you can just get stuff. That's like explosively big and that's kind of fun Like again, this is not gonna like, you know convince anyone of the like Artistic minutiae that the k-pop is like nailing that American pop is it's just like Willing to grab bits and pieces that most people are not and do stuff with it. Yeah, I, I, I was definitely... gonna say,
0: uh, very sorry, sorry to interrupt. It's very funny that when they do like this, like trap interlude slash bridge, they all switch to like plaid and like eight, like classic rock band T-shirts. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. a very funny bit to me. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: Alpha's more like, Oh, the we're
0: edgy. We're wearing plaid and death leather. Leopard T-shirts. Yeah, pleated
1: leather skirts. Yeah. I think. The and concept- then suddenly oh, we're, we're all subjective. back in pink bodysuits, suits. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Symbolism, guys. You get it. Um. But that's yeah, that. like, just just on a basic level, like, it might have gone somewhat undermucked upon, but a lot of these videos, this one, the, um, no. the NCT one, the, the, the like, the idea of the, the soundstage music video was a thing that's, like, basically dead in the US, which is just still, like, bread and butter in K-pop. So that means that, like, mm-hmm. in the same way that, like, I also was, like, quite... I don't say adamant but just like I was encouraging everyone to make sure they watch the videos because like K-pop re- still revolves around this like idea of concept in a way that I think like isn't so tightly done in the US anymore or at least like yeah. not on, on, with regularity like they very specifically like manage the like combined like video like artwork style like fashion experience with the music in a way that like can only really be done in studio environments with the, these like medium reasonable budgets so yeah like Mm-hmm. These are studio proper productions with like you know single steady cam shot being tracked in three different studios with three different sets with three different outfits, all of them like intercut and like it obviously like matching yeah. up perfectly with the like here's the bubblegum one, here's the rocket chick one, here's the you know
2: the like-
1: production value
2: is such a big part of it, and I think going back to the competition aspect of this group and how them being inter- introduced, I was just talking to my parents about american idol and like why american idol hasn't produced a star in years and years and years and years and and how the voice hasn't produced a star any anywhere close to like what and part of it is just like the decentralization of culture but american culture specifically but that like i think part of it is also that like right now american pop music is super not conducive to a performance show as sort of the way that you would discover that kind of person because we're in such a like vibe oriented moment in american pop culture such a sort of atmosphere uh, uh, we're in kind of the tail end of this 2010s auteur period which i think some people were just sort of eager to jump to the frank ocean catastrophe and be like this is signaling some turning of the page and it's like i think it's a little neat um but i also do think that like there is something about The void that is left by what that kind of pop music, not only musically, but like the idea of competition shows being a vehicle for introducing new artists, for humanizing and developing a relationship, which is even more important than ever, right? In this sort of parasocial age of fandom, like the idea that, and with groups specifically it it makes it even easier to do that like competition way in a thing that makes more sense now because it's like if you're an individual solo artist now it doesn't make any sense to go on american idol when you can go on youtube uh tiktok whatever and have total like control of your artistry and your image and all of that whereas it's completely different with these groups where like they need to exist within a larger system They need to have another group around them and the budgets for the music videos and the concept, like you're saying. So it is hearkening back to, and I think that is, I would imagine, a lot of the appeal for like American audiences is like a lot of people are used to the whole boy band, pick your favorite style of fandom. It dovetails really nicely with like where pop music fandom is now with stand culture and all of that stuff. And then you have like a like in the same way that the formula one netflix show all of a sudden gave american audiences like oh i can get into this sport that i 10 days ago thought was like completely uh above or beneath me or whatever because now i have a tv show that is going to introduce me to who these people are and the world and all of that stuff and i imagine that the competition shows can serve a similar sort of thing or like the industry is a large like that kind of discovery mechanism we don't have that in america
1: yeah so interestingly like the main thing is less so it clearly does a bunch of that like backstage relationship building work
3: Mm -hmm.
1: again there is an incredible focus on craft like they are so so upfront about what they really want is live vocals live stage performance live choreography Mm -hmm. and like testing them in fucking like battle situations effectively like can you on the hype straight up like can you do the craft of like being a pop star live on tv as best you can and like that's yeah. what we're judging you on and like obviously that doesn't mean that the people with the best craft win it doesn't mean that mm. the people with the best craft become like become the most popular but like clearly that's the thing that like the sales pitch sales pitch yeah. to the audience is based around like that's what is happening on the screen every every single moment like all yeah. the moments of stress the moments of emotion are like i'm training too hard i'm trying to nail a thing mm. and i can't do it like this is tearing me away from my family i'm committed to this but like every bit of the narrative is structured around like commitment and excellence at the craft like
2: it's a very very level it is a popularity contest but american idol explicitly frames itself as a popularity contest like call in to support your favorites and every sort of bit of, of dressing that you get for these stories is like here's the worst thing that ever happened to this person that they are now inspiringly overcoming
1: yeah um, and, and that, like k-pop is yeah. not interested in telling in fact they would love you to never know what the most awful thing that has happened to an individual is like maybe yeah. in 10 years time when you're on a chat show you can talk about that maybe yeah. if you're lucky about like five mm-hmm. percent of the industry gets to the level where they can never su- say they like succeed to the point where like they're allowed to be people on the other side like it's really cool that like you or know, some of the members of shiny can get there like barely anyone does yeah. Totally. and i think that again just to move. we can move on but like as i
2: was saying with the competition show aspect of it like i think there is a real um there's that's part of why it's having the success in america besides just that like of course it can but like that it is filling a market that america does not have right now which is that we are so obsessed with the like meta pop star the idea of like taylor swift and her songwriting being confessional and all of this shit and the idea of like of like trying to understand the real person beyond the thing and i think we are sort of clamoring for a produced pop experience it's like we we know that the britney spears thing is is bad and terrible in a similar way that we know that the k-pop stuff can be bad sometimes but you're like artistically i do kind of want that like uh, blockbuster entertainment style production and I think that's probably a lot of why K-pop is having such an appeal right now, is it is such a counter-programming to, like, the Boy Genius record, you know?
1: 100%, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, let's hear Rose's transmission real quick, and then we will move on to our next song.
4: Uh, I, I, I assume their name is meant to be pronounced uh, Kepler, Kepler because it, it looks like the phrase Kepler, but there's a one instead of the L, you know, because we gotta get fancy with our linguistics now these days in order to really stand out with band names, you know, you don't want to have a name like fucking Car Seat Headrest or some shit like that, like, why, what kind of amateur hour would that be? Anyway, uh, yeah, this, this one's... Uh, I I like the component parts of it. I like the verses and the chorus and the pre-chorus, but they just don't go together at all. It's like you put, like, three different really nice-tasting soups in front of me, and then you just pour them in one big bowl, and it's just like, no, no, stop it, no. You're mixing broths with creams. Stop it. No, it's just... Like it's almost there, but it's just a mess. It's just a big fucking mess. Anyway, I'd like to give a choose-your-own-adventure to the next topic of discussion, if, the, if either of these have not already been discussed. Uh, number one, the two things. One of the two things I noticed about this particular video. Uh, uh, it's just I noticed that a lot of these had these like very specific label brandings on their like thumbnails like you know This one is labeled wake one BTS has big Hit, and then uh, there were a couple with SM town I really want to get into like the k-pop label dynamics because I know that's like a big part of it It's just like, you know the specific building of personality that comes from like an individual label. I'd like to hear something about that. Or we can talk about K-pop dance routines, because uh, I found the dance routine in this one very thoroughly entertaining. I'd love to hear more talk about K-pop dances, and then maybe like Fortnite dances, if you fuckers really need to be entertained that badly <laughs> that you need to talk about Fortnite on microphone. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's all. Bye.
0: Look, the thought crossed my mind, but I was never gonna bring up Fortnite on this episode. I do right, think, Rose? yeah, I do
2: think it is a good jumping-off point. We have we have talked a little bit about choreography and dancing this episode, but like I do think that's another thing working really uh, well in the favor of uh, K-pop's current rising tide is like dancing is kind of having a comeback as like being crucially important in a way <laughs> the that the concept it has not. of dancing itself, yeah, no, literally, like yeah, like, exactly. yeah, like that not only are we in kind of a dance poppy moment in pop music in general in certain ways, but also that we are, that TikTok is making not, not only like viral dances, but just like the idea of dancing and music being intertwined with like social media and all that stuff. Like, obviously that's going to have, and and, and the, the pivot to videofication of art of or of our whatever, like it, it all works well for K-pop. Everything lined up right nicely
1: for them. Yeah, I think just like mm-hmm. there's a there's a sort of like accidental coincidence of like the sorts of habits of consumption that were already happening yeah in like the domestic culture, market stuff yeah. like that. Uh, what camp culture? Fan cam culture. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you said bank camp and I was like, wait, hang on a second. No, no, <laughs> no, no, quite that. No, no one is lining up to buy. Uh, you know, capital's let you single on and Friday to get. I mean, there the is a. There, I the, literally, yeah. I was going to bring up. There's a a uh, really great
2: uh like. Uh, Base and breaks producer Kepler, who is not
3: not this Kepler.
1: <laughs> yeah, Kepler. yeah, not quite. But yeah, no, like the um, the like the media consumption patterns that were already a thing, like video centric and like you know, like communalizing and making content out of the process of, produ- of um consumption. Yeah, like yeah. that is absolutely a thing that has come up to the states. Like stan culture is a thing that arrived in the states like long. Well, I'm not going to say long after, but just like. The sorts of patterns of fan behavior were not nearly as entrenched in the states, and they've been changed by like K-pop fandom in particular, but like other kinds of like you know general like s- subcultural fandom like becoming more common as ways. Like the moment where I realized Justin Bieber was also like making people like directing people on how to like do maximal views on like repeated streaming on YouTube and things like that. Was like okay, we've arrived at the moment where like the habits bred in K-pop fandom. Have like fully made it across to the uh, to the American like like PR and like promotion machine. Definitely, yeah. Um, the, Swift-
2: the Swifties studied at the school of, of BTS fans.
1: I, I mean, time wise, probably like go back a generation. But so like, like like modern Swifties,
2: like I should clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there are two. When I say Swifties, there there are um, uh, people who have an HR job, Swifties, and then teenagers <laughs> on the internet saying like.
1: Uh, um, sometimes oh, I feel like everybody's uh, no, no, a kink sexy pride. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Like, um, <laughs> the, 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 uh, there are d- generational Swifties, but specifically yeah. like
1: younger, sort of post uh, nineteen
2: eighty nine Swifties.
1: Yeah, like I, I unaffectionately want to say that the older Swifties learned the fandom from like fucking J.K. Rowling. Still. <sighs> and like that's not a good thing but you know that we don't
2: you know have to be energy. that mean because i do i do like early taste of speaking yeah, this, this uh, a daily version in store this summer oh my god
1: but yeah okay like specifically on the choreography like the, the there is a thing where like to some degree k-pop sorry the korean broadcasters in general like regulate dances so they don't get too sexy which is an important point um but also that like k-pop much more aggressive than j-pop in particular has integrated like hip-hop and team dancing um in a way that like just you know american stuff like finds it harder to find stars that can do the thing but also like you know it isn't very much the like shitty routinized stuff that like makes j-pop look a bit mechanical and a bit like like you know I, I find k-pop dance as a style much more you know like it had a break and that break was the introduction of hip-hop basically and that happened in the like late nineties, and it really hasn't looked back. But like, you know, like this is part of the routine that, like, you know, the training regime actually fundamentally trains. Like, you're not a K-pop star outside of a very, very weird niche lane if you can't dance too. Yeah, um, it's fascinating it's just cool.
2: that like clearly sex and sexuality is a part of this, but that the culture broadly isn't that comfortable with it. They're they're not like regulating it closely. There's just a lot of factors here going on that as you're describing this, I'm just sort of like thinking, and this is obviously, again, this is me speaking very broadly with sort of an outsider's perspective, caveat the side. I know with the, uh, from what I know about the culture of Korea and particularly South Korea and like their adoption of Western capitalism kind of in the 60s, that like, That they are on a very, and, like, I know people talked about this when Parasite came out, like, comparing where they're at culturally to America and, like, their, like, class in South Korea and all these sorts of things, but that it sort of feels to me, like, from talking about all this, that they're kind of in their, like they're in their like 2002 moment in pop culture right now where it's like things are pretty crazy and there's like this explosion of money and we don't know entirely how we feel about these young women and they're dancing sexy and maybe it's a problem but also it's the biggest fucking thing in the world culturally like it does feel very britney spears 1999 and i think that's like
1: very interesting it's not like one-to-one obviously yeah so i mean i think the thing that's happened is we've started to have the breakup Um, we've started to have the moment of like oh no we cannot hold this black with just like it's bringing up up at the top of the mountain yeah yeah i think like that moment has sort of been happening the last couple of years and like you know like you go back a decade ago and like things were a lot more explicitly sexual without ever being directly challenging whereas right Mm -hmm. now what is just happening is just sort of the whole system is just sort of like slowly dissolving under people because they just like don't fall followed like the consumption patterns that can be regulated quite stringently. The yeah. outlets, uh, like the, the like outlets are like direct from producers to consumers slightly more. Like the yeah. whole system is just like a bit more wishy washy and unstable in a way that like, no, the whole thing that was marked K-pop as a, an industry has been like it's monopolization and it's direct control through very specific broadcast means and media. So like, yeah. if that changes at all, like it's going to get like a marked change. The the point, though, still being that, like, this is still much more heavily concentrated in a couple of avenues of consumption and a couple of, like, local, like, labels and producers. Uh, And that just, like, you know, constrains the sorts of stylizations that you're going to get. So, like, K-pop dance is still, like, a really, really constrained specific style that, like, you know, it's remarkable how similar, like, Kepler looks to NCT, looks to even Jenna, looks to, you know, like, everything on this list looks yeah. very similar in dance style. Even mm-hmm. Boy to girl often looks very similar just because like, you know, the formal constraints are really, really narrow mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. At the same, and- like everything's basically fundamentally like a, a late 90s R&B track, like a, a pop yes. R&B track. The production can do whatever it wants. The style and the fashion can do whatever it wants. But like the visual presentation and the way you sell a star and the way that you like ask the audience to relate on, to them on the level of they are impressive. They are good at their craft. And you should like adore them because like they are owed to that, <laughs> like all of the like stances you're asked to take up are very similar from artist to artist. We'll get onto New Jeans because I think they're doing something slightly different. But I like, was gonna say we should just move yeah. on to New Jeans. I, I well, actually,
0: we're, we're, to, we're, we're not like, even next. We're not even there. We still have a New song yet. between. We're, we're getting New we're getting Genes.
2: overly excited. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, 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 I do think that the biggest difference, kind of just to close closed loop in that metaphor, is that like at the time there was I, like comparing it to the Britney Spears moment at that time, American media had a similar level of like control and industry to it that was breaking up apart. But right now, Korea is having that at the same time that there is social media, that there are these other channels that exist. And so it seems to me like the major tension of K-pop is like, social media is such a big part of the fuel, the engine that burns the fuel, but that like, there's a tension between the, the strict control that the businesses are exerting on the groups versus the unmanageability of online fandom
1: yeah like I, it's a good thing to remind people Korea as a country as well as a, its very particular relationship to like monopoly capitalism It's like mm-hmm. contoured by like military dictatorship and like a very like particular yes. way that state industry is broken up it's also like m- m- uh, marked by the fact that its digital industry is basically like walled off like m- you can't meaningfully use Google Maps for example in Korea like you have to go through a couple of Korean based Korea specific internet service providers, like broadcasters, like media platforms, chat apps, like all of that sort of stuff, much in the same ways, like, Oh, it's weird, specific to China. Like you can have your Orientalist panic about China. Korea does it exactly the same. Like Korea, like very much as a competition laws, keeping Korean companies in control of all the stuff that mediates like fan interaction, media consumption, like yeah. basic day-to-day activity. So like the, so we're the cool like, with that because they're companies exactly so like the the basic like stuff is that like the tension and the way that gets mediated isn't something we can just read off our own relationship to it changing here mm-hmm. like still it's going to be very different when it has changed massively in the last couple of years so like we're totally on the right track for just like pumping the brakes slightly on just like oh we know what's happening in the us so we know what's happening. no the totally yeah like, I, I, the actual, I, I am like, i am inclined to reach for my easy
2: metaphor i, I yeah, yeah, yeah
1: no. That. but no like the, the just like the concrete version of this is going to be quite different quite weird or at least yes. like, I'd like unfamiliar to us, but like the the dynamics. There the are a the lot of uh,
2: variables that do add
1: that that extra
2: layer of, of, of it being
1: different. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Well then, uh, let's move to our next song, uh, uh, which this... is la, uh, which Alex, what's our next song? Because I'm going to uh, mispronounce the name probably.
1: <laughs> uh, our next song is La Seraphim's "Anti-Fragile." This one is again.
0: I'll let the one before I give some thoughts. This is the one that I was like, as it was going on, I was like, okay, there's there's something. This is, I would say, musically, this is the most interesting song so far to me, uh, mainly because as we're kind of hearing already in the background, um, this just sounds. I mean, now we just the, the reggaeton drums have kicked in. It, this seems very, again, like it's very weird to hear now now k-pop kind of getting in on the the reggaeton uh wave um and them pulling it off a lot better than like a lot of american acts that have tried to hop on the on the trend um i think by by the fact that it seems like they're pulling from uh more from like the moto mommy camp uh, of reggaeton than than like anything else which i think is very interesting and i think works even though it is very like just from the video and and the song, it's kind of like a blatant rip off of, of, of like some of the Moto mommy tracks, but like it's fine. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be expanded away because it's got to fit like you know a proper five member girl group and uh you know like a different kind of vocal range that isn't about like singular operatic performance. It's about you know again team dance stuff. Like the way that you exactly. sell themselves as performers is just like a really different stance to how you sell Rosalia. Um, yeah, it, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, really like a bit, again, a
2: synthesis of Rosalia and then like someone more like shy girl, like, like oh, having yeah. a little bit of that that I hear shy girl thing. on there. Yeah.
1: but yeah, like a, a thing I'll point out is the Seraphim and Eugene are both under the parent company of Hype. Like they're both like BTS brats, like BTS label like sub tiered uh, acts. And I don't think it's any mistake that La Seraphim and New Jeans are the two acts that I think are the most interesting in terms of goal right now. Because I think both of their ANRs are like at the, the cutting edge of knowing how to like soften this like really tight yes. control. About a year or two ago I would have put see on this list who I thought were incredible and have just like pulled back slightly. They were basically the ones doing this for Hyperpop about two years ago. But like definitely not so much that like we are just going to make a track that sounds like Food House much more in the like, okay, let's like make a dance pop track, but update our sound design. Whereas this similarly feels like we want to make a really good like R&B hip hop track, but we're going to update the beat and update a couple of points of reference to like, you know, where Latin pop is right now. I also really like this
2: music video because I feel like it's a good synthesis of the kind of throwback soundstage music video aesthetics with a little bit more of like modern music video aesthetics I think like, yeah, yeah. it's a really nice mix of feeling like it's in the real world with all these crazy Graphics and effects being done, but then also like some of that kind of soundstage and also I really love all the fits the fashion yeah
1: the, the fashion stuff like I'll say NCT are one of the only old style groups in terms of A and and who have got their fits up to this level. It really is just the BTS. I'm sorry, I keep saying BTS. The big hit, all big groups that are like at the forefront of fashion. The same. They go the hardest in that, in that they really do. Yeah.
2: Um, but okay, uh, hey, think- the
1: call back to what Rose said. Like yeah. the fucking Kingdom Hearts stuff. Nah, Kingdom Hearts was dragging off like streetwear fits from the nineties. It just so happens that streetwear fits from the nineties are back in fashion.
3: Mm-hmm. Um.
2: I also think that going back to what you said about the music, like the idea of of the A&R softening it just a little bit is exactly what I was thinking. It's like it's not even that it's less produced or whatever. It's just like there is this uh, t- tight grip on the wheel you can feel sometimes yeah. with <laughs> stuff like that. Where it's not just like, oh, I can kind of hear the a and r I can hear the A&R guy sweating as he finds out that the first person he was going to call up to phone in a feature on this DJ Khaled album is not going to be there. So he's got to get someone else. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the real sweatiness of it. And I think there is that kind of ease of, of of creation here where it does feel like, okay, yeah, you can pick out the reference points, but it does feel like breathable, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah like uh, on a basic level they've got to like fill out the sound stage in a way that just you don't normally have to do on a hip-hop track like there is just like basic rules about like what a k-pop track needs to sound like to be like radio and like youtube saleable and like it just means that everything's going to be brighter everything's going to have a bit more sustain like the bass lines aren't going to be quite as just like sub sub only they're going to just like be a bit like warmer and thicker you're going to have like less impact but like it's kind of fine because it still kind of knocks, and you know, like yeah. again, I think the songwriting is just like it, we're gonna hear as as we get through the next couple, and it should have been pretty obvious. Like they're always pushing back to a bedrock of like '90s R and B, like that's mm-hmm. really where every all of these songwriters are most comfortable. And just like I think this is a hook, is just like still a really good hook and like lifts in a really interesting way to, towards the end of it, like. I I'm in love with this track. I think it's I think it's, it's, really, I think really it's really
2: a better version of the the Blackpink Pink Venom Hook is kind oh, of oh yeah yeah, where, yeah.
1: absolutely yeah. like and I also think that so smart and so for- much more subtle. Coincidentally, Blackpink's best track is Whistle, and like this is absolutely just like this has got a whistle lead line to it as well. Like okay. there is something about like doing that big swag era thing, but just like okay, turn it down, like turn the loudness down, turn the brightness
2: exactly. down just a little. It,
3: just, it's like, not like it fucking
1: Jason
2: Derulo wiggle where it's just like oh that's like that's like so front and like i i it took me like listening to it a couple of times to be like oh yeah this is is you would categorize this as a whistling song even though the whistle melody is part of it it's not so calling attention to itself but at yeah. the same time like you're saying like filling out the frame is a good way of putting it because comparing it to shy girl which definitely feels like a, a sort of reference point but like shy girl there's so much minimal space in those beats like this giant big kick drum and then the pull out and like the whole contrast and the starkness like they can't really have that they kind of need to fill out the all of the the the, the um sonic ranges so that it just sort of sounds kind of like nice you know
1: yeah yeah it's got the balance to it that you need in a supposedly big pop track yeah mm-hmm.
0: uh let's hear what rose thought of fragile real quick and then we'll kind of go to the next one
4: Uh, I would just like to say before anything else, uh, rest in peace to the members of La Seraphim, uh, I think it's really fucked up that they all died in an awful meteor accident, like, you know, I was really pitying BTS (laughs) out there in the (laughs) desert, but, like, they're in a survivable situation, you know, like, these guys, they just literally just died on the fucking camera, it's so fucked up that they did that for their label. You know and it, uh, it's really even more unfortunate that this was their last song before they got killed by me right because uh, this one's kind of lame it's really trying hard it's trying too hard Wrong. Say, to, like really give off this kind of badass energy i'm just like i'm not buying it buddy i'm not buying it not not in the least you know they, they may act unbothered but i can tell they care a lot they're very they 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 may be fragile but they're not that fragile. To, to 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 quote the works of one uh Sedu as fragile in hideo kojima's death stranding because why wouldn't i get a death stranding joke in during a fucking episode where i'm not even on uh yeah video games uh you know like like, like mario you, you guys heard i'm seeing the mario movie <laughs> uh, yeah rest in peace to this to these legends we we stand dead we stand dead at Pop ours, don't we now? I could see the color leave your face,
0: Alexis, as soon as Rose was like, Yeah, I don't like this song very much. The,
1: the, the problem isn't that, you know, people can like whatever they like. Um, it's more like they are doing the absolute most, and that's why it's so fun. Like, yeah. That, no, like, people are like the sexiest women on the fucking planet are like doing impeccable choreography and like, like, like bedroomized lasering into the camera and like you, you don't want to be like seduced by this like you don't want to just let go and say like fine fuck it if you're gonna do that much i'm just gonna like give you my yeah
2: it, it is a little bit like listening to the vroom vroom ep and being like i don't think you're tough charlie xx like that's yeah. kind of not the point
1: <laughs> yeah no exactly like we're not going for authentic here we're going for like i am compelled by this like
2: yeah. and and i do yeah. think that kind of to bring things full circle on the AI comments, not to dunk on Jeff Weiss again. But, like, he wasn't the only one I saw doing it. He was just the one that I, I who I like. But, um, like, that there's such a, like, unwillingness, and i and also not saying Rose is doing this either, but but like, I think sometimes there's an unwillingness to to be like that they're in on it. You know what I mean? From Western mm-hmm. critics, it's always like, well, this person can be tongue in cheek about it because they're American, and so I can I can listen to them talk and understand that they're in on the joke. But I'm not willing to ever uh, pretend like these people are in on the the ridiculousness of of what they're doing because they're not. I, I don't like, know. The yeah.
1: music how do you Fucking fucking ends with the meteor strike. Like, do you not think there's a bit of like, you know? chaotic yeah, humor total. going on here yeah like i i, I, I do I give it, them though, that cause, much credit
2: because because in the same way you could be like well iggy azalea's camp but that doesn't mean we need to enjoy iggy azalea you know oh yeah like, yeah <laughs> but I, I mean i just
1: don't think iggy azalea's ever made a pop song nearly as catchy or i like, agree I, tight I agree is this yeah too. yeah no. there we go it's just good it's like I, I it's not about whether i believe him or not it's about whether i think it's good yeah
0: yeah sorry my my internet here in illinois is not great uh at again w- w- once more people get on the wi-fi it's it's a mess also so I, my apologies uh,
2: um it's funny maddie you were like worried about pronouncing it and i was like looked at the group i was like what does it what does it mean it's just an anagram of the phrase i'm fearless so yeah that's the, <laughs> two
1: two s's in it you know
0: god the um it. yeah let's 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 move on then uh let's move on to new jeans ditto uh, this is the best song in the playlist. This song is so it's, fucking good.
1: So hey, Jackie, you were talking about the need to like fill a song out, you know? Hit, yeah. Yeah. This song decides to not do that and is really, really fucking rewarded for it. It's. Yeah. I mean, um, if this I is a song understand- that assault people,
2: yeah. Yeah, I know. When when you did uh, I think it was the end of year episode for um uh, your podcast, like recently, I. You, you played a New Jeans song I think and I, I think I had maybe checked him out at one point but yeah, no, New Jeans immediately I had to listen to the top five or six songs I was like, wow they really, like, they, they, they not only like can reference club music but they're, this is like they're, yeah, the space was is immediately the thing that jumps out about it because it has that same like slickness to it but there is uh, space for stuff to breathe and I just think the uh, dancing, the production, I think this is by far the best K-pop group I've ever heard. Either.
1: Yeah, just like straight up this moment. Like the anti-climax drop for the, the first chorus here is just like far and out, by far and away, like one of my favorite moments ever in K-pop. Like so smart, so understated, so beautifully managed in choreography. Yeah, all the like um, Jersey club and Baltimore club kind of bounces
2: to it and oh, it's so good. Yeah. I love the drums on this track.
1: Yeah, and, and just yeah, like I was gonna
2: drum- say
0: that's the thing that really stood out the drums here are like they feel so like again I, I don't know why I read like Fred again was a reference point but it definitely feels like it, it feels like these drums were sort of like sequenced live in a way that that really stands out
1: it, it's they're was just tight in a way that you're not supposed to have like you're not supposed to have like break style drums But tight in a pop song like this isn't a combination that's meant to work you're either meant to like you know have a big rolling rock thing or you're meant to like turn them to trap hi-hats like this is a middle ground or at least like a style but like
2: you know it, it sounds like the beat of a club edit of a pop song that would be taking the pop melody and putting that in the background and the exactly, fact that yeah. it's able to do that with the pop song fully still floating over the top of it is what makes it so innovative i think sometimes like pink panther is a great point because i think sometimes I think Pink Panthers yeah. has, has shortcomings as an artist, but I also think some people underrate her because they're like, oh, well, she's just singing over like old samples of like whatever classic songs, but it, there's not a lot of like innovation in the production. But like what's innovative about Pink Panther is that she takes those like rave styles and just floats over the top of them so airily and effortlessly that makes it still manage to work as a pop song in the way that like normally that kind of thing can't and i think this is doing a very similar way where like it really does it, uh ariana grande is the other person i think that's very good at this although her yeah beat selection is not nearly as good as new that's yeah, the like, thing about this bit, this uh group is it's like not only is this like so fluent in all these different styles but it's like it's running fucking laps around so many people trying to do stuff like this right now. Yeah. Like
1: this has a confidence with the source material that like no one else does. Like I think about like, a uh, particularly "No tears left the Quarry, which is probably like, okay, I'm not ooh, going that's a good comp. I'm not going all the way back to into you, Cause that is the best Ariana song by like such a large margin. It's not even worth the debate, but no yeah. tears left the Quarry is like my most, m- my most favorite of hers from the last, you know, like recent period of her career. And it has the same like balance of like, you know, like, Speedy like up like aggressive pushing forward drums where she's able to fly over the top of it, but she's someone whose vocal performances always have that kind of like presence and contact to them, where like new jeans do not, they have the kind of like air and softness and like that you don't you're never gonna get even with arianda that moment where she like lifts off where she like yeah. backs totally. out of the out of the foreground um yeah like the the ability to draw i mean I think this is maybe mainly a job of like they're great performers but like this is a job of the producers to like figure out a way to make a pop song that works with those moments of like lifting back and this is yeah so so special
2: uh it's um, the yeah. it sounds like uh the like i know this wasn't timeline wise but it kind of sounds like um new jeans heard the apex twin ariana grande uh mashup and were like what if this was like the, the bedrock of our musical projects, Like that's yeah. that's kind of what the vibes are. And that's great because that's what the future of music is going to sound like is that Ariana Grande Apex Twin mashup.
3: Yeah.
1: It's it's just really fucking good. Um also I will say like we talked a bit about the choreography. Like they are doing choreography that like feels so much looser. Like just straight up they are yeah. not hitting everything nearly as hard. They are like bouncing off each other. They're like relaxed in their body shape. They are so much less tense like Mm -hmm. everything about it gives it the impression of again in a very like post tiktok sense of like we're performing in a way that's like responding to each other which is a very rare thing to get like we i try to stress Mm -hmm. as much as i could but like the stance that K-pop often puts you in is trying to be impressed by people who are doing a thing to you like it's addressed to you whereas like you know you soften the movement you interact with the people on the stage with you a bit more and it feels a more like a communal more like a personal experience and like okay yeah it's still being directly youtubed to your bedroom or whatever but like the vibe like feels very different and softened and much more like you know accessible that is is something it feels like k-pop really
2: took with and written with from american uh boy band culture is the you audience listener are my girlfriend i'm i am singing this song to you directly that kind of like making not making the parasocial relationship like a subtext thing making it literally text
1: yeah whereas this like you know like again i think like the the aesthetics of the dance itself but also what it communicates is like a really big shift in the kind of relationship it wants to know totally. I
2: think you've contextualized well like how subtly radical it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it I think it's really special. And again, I will remind you like this is a track that is from a new group who blew the fuck up on the back of it and like okay, their debut stuff was like really good, it wasn't this good. Their their first proper release with Ditto and uh, OMG is their like big fucking statement tr- singles. This is one of the best like you know the best full releases i've heard in k-pop in years like single-handedly got me really fucking excited again and Did also again zero like,
2: is also really good
1: yeah um, yeah yeah so like adore is a label is again a sub label of um uh big hit now uh high b like the, again like very singularly driven by a um singular like producer and creative director again like requires one individual person's like very strong very specific artistic direction to like nail triangulating the sort of like new edge of pop culture stuff the looks the vibes but like they've worked it like they just fucking nailed it and like for the for like aiming for the like 16 year old girl in 2023 like this is this is what you want to be like mass marketed sold to her oh. like it just so perfectly works yeah i i mm-hmm. also
2: um I've, I've watched a couple other new Jersey music videos and like it is really noticeable. Something like the OMG music video, where it's like there are there are lighting choices and and production is not like a DIY music video, but it is taking place like mostly in one room and mostly yeah. wearing the same outfits. And there is something about it that is this perfect synthesization of like this very put together like curated planned out thing that doesn't feel too overmanaged. that still feels like there's some authenticity to it like they are really tight and well choreographed but they're not like biting every single pop and every single lock like i think is that that is yeah. what leads to a lot of the kind of automaton sort of
1: no size. totally but also just like that's a music video riffing off like inpatient mental health care like just to be very specific yes. about like the context they, and setting. they are literally
2: like, like in the a loony bin type uh setting essentially yes <laughs> jesus yeah
1: i mean i i'll cause on the table i wouldn't use those for, that those words to frame no, it. no i i, I was no, I'm, no, I, yeah. I, I'm watching
2: too much succession sorry i apologize
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: literally, right. there's literally a line about a whatever loony cake anyways um, but, but, Sorry, I, I've been
1: watching Secession. So I, sound, I, I simply... sound like a
2: 1920s like, uh, <laughs> fucking um, character from Citizen Kane. Yeah, basically. Anyways. Jesus. Sorry, sorry, I just threw no, you on I, the I, fucking I bus because I, I didn't know it was a I, reference. It just fell out of my brain and I was like, wait, no, that's not that's, that's not a no, thing I dudes, should You're talking
0: crazy. We're gonna have to throw you in the loony bin if you keep <laughs> talking that way to me.
1: See? Exactly, yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, like, it. Fucking... What... I'm oh, sorry, sorry, Alexis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just that yeah no, oh. like fucking the, the the like ability to just like effort effortlessly breach you that subject matter with the like a crushed pop song it's just like yeah. astounding like just straight up astounding again i think this is like we have figured out a generational break somewhere between the like early and late gen Zers, where mm. like at some point every fanfic includes the like hut to comfort route, uh au every you know like tiktok conf- uh uh, creator has to be much more confessional about their own mental health like there is like all sorts of subtle things that signal like ah yeah I know I'm a massive corporation but I'm on your side and that's yeah. very much on your side culturally because they still want you to invest in the group and it's you know it's fandom in a very similar way but like all the cultural things are like very much like getting updated in very like subtly radical ways but you know like big fucking breaks from where it used to be but like it's hey, also- formally it's mm-hmm. like doing the same thing as new the blueberries with the like bullshit narrative
2: that's
3: disconnected i was gonna
2: bring up that's a great you're right thinking you're thinking exactly like that's what i was gonna say is that it's so different though because no blueberries is so clearly a reaction to like it is trying to be a sound alike of things that are popular right now whereas new Jeans is sort of looking around observing the landscape and delivering something that feels like it is of K-pop, that it doesn't feel like it is K-pop trying to reverse engineer uh, the success of like Western artists, but it also feels like it is um, culturally in touch in a way that is very uncommon and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stan let's Nugent's hear from.
2: Is, if you have one takeaway from this episode, listen to them. They're very good
0: yes uh let's hear what rosa to say and if rose does not like the song uh i will not play the rest of Rose's transmissions because yeah <laughs> this is one where it's like okay come on now like That's come a- on okay
4: i'm gonna say my piece here just to me i didn't even watch the video for this one because i've like listened to the song so many fucking <sighs> times i know not how it goes sign. you know like but uh wow goddamn new jeans uh these two singles that they put out this year like the ones they put out before were like pretty good but like the the double single that they put out this year with Ditto and OMG. Well, OMG, which is like a big TikTok hit from what I understand, like, these are good fucking songs. These are just, like, really good fucking songs. And I'm, like, very, very genuinely <laughs> impressed with this group. I'm just, like, I want to see more of them in particular because, like, they are just absolutely crushing it in terms of, like... You know that line of like really tasteful pop stuff. It like, it feels like you know they they can go for something brash like the other groups, but it feels like they've restrained themselves in a way that I think is actually kind of, you know, interesting from a technical perspective. I think there's a lot to like about them. I think we should all stand new genes now before they they take over the world because I assume they probably will. You know, I I for one welcome our new K-pop overlords. okay good thank god thank invest god in
1: bu- invest in bunny hats now yes oh yeah um on,
0: I,
2: right. like, I, I just pulled up the new jeans uh, page and i was fascinated they seem to be huge in india like three of their top five markets are in india so shout out to Shit. them for being first
1: on the new jeans wave hell yeah i will just say like again this is one of the first times where i'm interested in k-pop group and i feel no need to know the performers in particular individual senses like, that this is interesting. Is a yeah, new and strange feeling for me. I it's a thing I only noticed in the like months after like realizing I love them and I have no interest in like meaningfully differentiating. They feel like and that feels again like, like breaking away set. from that. Like you
2: have to they are all addressing to you and so you've got to pick your favorite like your uh, uh the the bachelorette and like they are exactly, all the yeah. bachelors and, and and but it's like no this is just like like you said, it really feels like they are a group of people that are existing as a unit not in a like militaristic sort of way but in like a friend group sort of way in a collaborative exactly, yeah. sort of way
1: again vibes based but Vibes based yes. in a way that like fits with the current trend towards vibes based in yes. like a very intelligent way rather than a sort of like crowbars. We're going to just like copy what's on TikTok timelines.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well then let's move to our next song. Uh, again, a- a- almost again, second to last song here. Uh, from Crush Ohio. Yeah. Um. What. Why, why Ohio? <laughs> what? Why, why, oh, 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 why, 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 why is Ohio? Why is a K-pop singer uh, singing about Ohio?
1: I think because fundamentally he's singing as if he was a musical performer, as if you could be in a like you know a big Broadway stage. Like I, I have a thing in my head like this is sort of the the contextualization. This is very much a, an R and B song about being a singer, and I just have a feeling there's like a a, like a mouthfeel thing that could like somewhat That's exactly lean to, right. it's like one it's three syllables that work in the hook that he's written and the other it just like feels like it leans towards like how can you crowbar almost broadway feeling top line in this but um i don't think there's anything particularly deep i don't think it's even about a higher the state i'm sorry to all my uh you know a high-end um do we have any high-end listeners do you know is it a higher one i don't even know um, Alexis, you're coming in a little quiet.
4: Oh. Yeah,
0: check, check. yeah you're coming you're in coming really quiet for me, Alexis. Ooh.
1: Check, check. One, two. Can you hear me at all? Might, might have to mess with like a zoom setting or well, something. It
2: was, it was a little oh. better
1: now. Yeah. I will talk directly into the mic there, and hopefully that fixes it. things. Yes. Cool. Um. Yeah, I have okay, no idea annoying. whether this is... Sorry,
0: my, my, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch to Spotify. Because okay,
1: cool, cool.
0: again, it keeps it keeps buffering for me, the video. So we're gonna just going to switch to Spotify here. Yeah. So can cannot see the, the the visuals. It's just it, it, he's, he's in a he's in a gar- he's in a parking garage and he's dancing around.
2: It reminds me. It reminded me a lot of the uh, parking garage uh, beneath the Wiltern, which I would often have to go through. Um, that was that was what I thought first. But that's a that's a me as a me specific that I didn't need to share in this podcast. Um, uh, I, I I do th- I do get what you mean <laughs> though. In terms of it, it, it does sound like a sort of onomatopoeic like ohio like like it, it, it sounds like the literalization of sort of yeah like just sort of like singing sounds
1: yeah very much so and like again it's a it's a song about singing um a song kind of about crushes on korea the reason it's here is that like if i haven't put any boy groups here apart from nct just like what is actually interesting and like K-pop has had a weird and slightly interesting relationship with the sort of like somewhat underground, somewhat industrialized like R&B and hip-hop underside of it. And like there are like very much like avenues through which very good performers, they we'll talk about the the sort of collective on the next one, but like Crush very specifically. He's like come up through a scene with like um Fancy Child as that like little collective that he's part of, of like people who have made it through industry channels but as solo performers in his independents. And then they just seem to keep consistently spitting out like weird little side projects of like, you know, very well formed, very like beautiful pop music that is very distinctly pop music. They are not attempting to be something that's like obscure and unknown, but like just hasn't been lent on quite in the same way that a lot of the K-pop group stuff does. In which case, like you end up with like gems like this, which I genuinely love as a piece of songwriting more than anything. I think it's just beautifully constructed. Um, It just builds to like, most in, like big like jazz pop crescendo that i could possibly ask for
2: yeah i think this mm-hmm. one uh grew on me the most as i listened to this playlist more than ones. i i really do like it i think that i i on one hand i'm very impressed with like it is really percussive and jazzy for a pop yeah. song like i, I love the
1: percussion part on it. in the same way i kind of love new genesis but yeah
2: it is so nice then my second thought unfortunately was it is kind of interpreting Jazz and sort of tribally house stuff in a way that does feel very more life Drake to me. You
1: know what I mean? Oh, like, I, I is... was getting more the like with the the fucking the internet. Like there is a there is a streak of the sort of like Wolfpack. There is a streak of the yeah white white boy funk. Streak you, of white boy. I don't funk think
2: you know me. this. Uh, Wolfpack are alumni of the college that I went to. They were not there at the same time as me, but they are literally like. Uh, uh college. They were like the college town band that turned into a real band of the like wow. ten year stretch when I would was sort of around uh-huh. school there.
1: Yeah, amazing. Yeah, good. So like, there is a a part here where just like I'm convinced that the sincerity and the performance comes through in a way, and like also the like the ability and willingness to make things thump. Where you know, like, I'm not willing to make anything thump ever. A hundred percent. No, yeah.
2: It is this beautiful synthesis between a very functional and effective r&b pop thing and like a very art music school ass like approach to kind of funk and jazz and that sort of stuff
1: and yeah so again like it's k-pop's willingness to like really hone craft and really like celebrate Mm -hmm. people who are like exceptionally talented and like lean on the talent and i'm saying talent with two t's yes um at the same time it's just like you know we have like songwriting freewheeling ideas that like allow us to you know get a bit expansive with it. And so, like, hey, if you wanted the antidote to the fucking insipid, like, Spotify playlist, cool, from the top of the playlist. Like, I think it's out there, and I think it's really good, and I kept listening to that track for, like, months after I heard it. Like, Crush is one of my favorite people in this lane, but, like, just anything with, like, Fancy Child and their broad collective, like, that's a pretty good starting point to, like, get into this, like, okay, it's very industrial, and it's very subtly produced, and it's definitely not gonna, like, supplant what, you know, like like i don't know fucking echo 2k is gonna give you it's not gonna like change your opinion about like what good r&b sounds like but i think it's like gonna give you a very slick version of it that's like incredibly pleasant to listen to and like so pro like almost kind of you know like uh, there's a word that i have which is like tech like a bit like played in a bit like we've got some session musicians who like can really know their shit and that sometimes feels a bit like painful. But no, nah, I just like buy in with this to the sincerity enough that I'm sold on it. So,
2: yeah, I, I get that.
0: Um, yeah, let's hear what Rose has to think about this track,
4: uh, real quick. I refuse to comment on this next song because it is titled after the worst state in America, Ohio. I hate you, Ohio. I hate everything you stand for. People from Ohio, please stop moving to South Carolina. I fucking hate you, like. You are just... mm, I'm mad. I'm mad again. I'm mad about Ohio. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. You've made me go rambling on about Ohio. I hate Ohio. I, I will not explain my hatred. Just know in my heart that I loathe the place. Rose so, has
0: never heard "Swaggle like Ohio" by Little B, and I, I feel like that's, that's really sad. I think
2: that's so funny because I am the per- speaking of University of Michigan again. I have a, a whole thing with the state of Ohio, and I chose to. I chose to put it aside, but Rose did what I. What, I didn't have to do it because Rose did it for me. I
1: I, I respect your high open mindedness. Sorry, that was terrible. Please, shoot me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: all right our our final song of the evening uh uh what,
1: what is our final song of the evening alexis um our final song of the evening is like okay like what actually does the underground of korean hip-hop look like right now um bombing tiger is like okay what does the actual underground of korean hip-hop look like right now um and it looks like your biggest break comes when one of the members of bts comes and features on one of your tracks um, bombing tiger is a collective that i found out about when they were part of the launch party for 7g the AG cook record um they have just sort of been like bubbling through a bunch of mostly british like you know they had collabs with i'm trying to remember exactly who bauer and i would need to look up top of my i it from me top of my head uh i'm gonna look it up tiger. i love this it's such good radio. Yeah, the production
2: um, on this is so, so sick. Bauer is... It's interesting that Bauer and A.G. Cook are, like, people that have hooked up with them because, like, it definitely sounds like Bauer, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, like, uh, Omega Sapien... Um, I'm just trying to remember... Oh, God. I, I'm not going to bother checking up exactly right now who've done, but it's a bunch of, like, you know, numbers and, like, UK dance people doing the production starlings. And, like, just... They have, like, managed to combine the sort of, like... Attempt uh, you like pop rockhampton, but more I'm getting the odd future thing of like we have a very specific like over like Overburdened cinematic kind of goofed up idea of what hip-hop should look like And we're gonna execute it in this like very over like cinematic way It feels like somehow you managed to get the collective from early odd future into Flowerboy era Tyler and just like make it happen Like this is the thing that I kept feeling in my heart I basically want them to blow up with all my with all my heart. Um Like, Omega Sapien is, uh, like, the front man, the guy with the the cropped green hair, like, he's just a really fucking compelling performer. Uh, The guy up right now, um, uh, is it Sogum? I think it's Sogum. Um, yeah, like, he's been on the sort of, like, competition shows, like, um, Show Me the Money is the big one, that, like, has tried to get all these like underground artists into the mainstream, this is how he got surfaced. Like, there is such a tight relationship. There really isn't an underground outside of the glare of the like big mass media production cycle. But like, this is clearly a collective doing their own thing in a really independent way. And like, their production ranges all the way from like shoegaze dream pop stuff to like this. And like, this is the slickest and most pop ready thing they put out in the last little while because they fucking got Rap Monster on it. They got RM from BTS to like, give it that like push and like this wouldn't get the views that uh, it has without that but like i still think it's really compelling on its own terms and still like free freewheels in this really over like expansive and cinematic way that i just yeah
2: i think my I favorite think, part of it is uh, besides the drums which are very good and the rapping is like all like i'm saying the performances are really solid like very charismatic uh my favorite part of the song is the t- i think odd future is a great point the uh goblin-esque pitch down vocals that sound like they're doing the oh yeah from the yellow song oh yeah you know the 80s 80s song from ferris bueller like that that's exactly what they're doing and it rocks Uh yeah
1: yeah god i just i just think they've like they just the weird fucking guitar licks to like appearing in the last little section of the track like
2: also yeah, a music video this... that is that that was just a, a visual shot reference to memories of murder right there where, the, yeah. where they're leaning over like it is so cinematic and fun and uh very freewheeling in a way that the other music videos aren't in a way
1: that yeah obvious, the, late, like, the latest music video a bit like this but even more so run to the like this is a yakuza film but like full hi- uh, hip hop thing like it is grimy and comedic and self-referential and like like stops the self-seriousness in a really pleasant way but i also think that like they are interesting performers that complement each other again one of the things you get on the like you push it slightly more indie is you get like this really good combo of they're still really fucking pro at it but they also don't like shine up every surface in the same way and like it it, it's a nice balance it sounds a bit more like quote-unquote normal music again so just like a a way of hey yeah there is korean hip-hop outside the like massive fucking machine that is trying to sell you pop music as hip-hop and like yeah,
2: yeah i think i think a lot works. of the time that the stuff that tends to break through in oh at least for a while it was like you had to do keith ape like you had to be so over the top that you were like oh i have to get everyone's attention by having like xxx tentacion on the song or whatever but, yeah and and now i think it's gotten to the point where it's like Oh, we can have something that's, like, pushing boundaries, but we don't have to, like, really desperately, like, uh ape for that attention in the same way.
3: Yeah, not yeah, to, yeah. Not to make a,
2: a really bad point. I did.
1: Yeah. So, just to, to clarify from earlier, the Omega Sapien release Wuga is on Lucky Me, and it's got um Bauer and Sega Bodega production. So, like. Oh, hell know.
2: yeah. I mean, yeah, Sega Bodega, one, one of the best out there right now, yeah
1: yeah so like this is this is the like okay even as you like are in the like second tier of the industry you're still very much adjacent to the industry and grabbing bits of the aesthetics that are like flowing down from that but at the same time like very much it's got its own different feel it's got like the ability to run with different references and all that and i think it works
3: yeah oh yeah sweet uh
0: i would be a little less nice to the song personally but i will <laughs> I we're we're already going long, so I won't. I, it, it sounds like the YouTuber corpse husband. It sounds like the music he makes, uh, when when the vocals are pitched down like that. Uh, but I again, I but I, I but here in this conversation, maybe I, I was a little a little a little too mean on, on my on my first listen. I think on the second listen, it sounded a little cooler uh sound a little a little better in my years just
1: just out of interest i have no idea who this is but this is someone who's got like fucking anime ass artwork on their youtube is this like running for the 88 rising lane or is this running for the like anime weeb on youtube lane
2: i think i think it's more 88 rising i was gonna bring that up yeah like i think it feels like it feels like people in korea Responding to a lot of the kind of global Asian hip hop stuff that's been happening.
1: Oh, well. sorry, I was talking about Corpse Husband. I was just trying to like, what was my? Yeah, no, he's way. like a
0: gaming YouTuber that does music, and he has like a very yeah. deep, deep voice. Uh, he did a song with MGK that's like, like fucking bad, like one of the oh, worst it's, songs. It's like, ever. it's like, it's
2: like comedy, like Lil Vicky rap.
0: No, it's cool. not comedy. It's not comedy. Wow. It's it, it's like XXX, like incel
1: music. Oh, great, oh, awesome. Life. Yeah, so to yeah, me, it's this bad. Is very- yeah to me like uh, i'm i'll take that and take it on the chin i guess the main thing for me is that like bombing tiger absolutely feels like a necessary reaction to 88 rising core yeah. like it's like we want to do the thing without needing to sell the like of sexiness and like dour miserableness like we have to be a bit less self-serious we have to be a bit less hot basically and like that's allowed and that's actually kind of cool because you get to fucking make a yakuza film every time you make a music oh, video yeah
3: hmm
0: Uh, but uh let's hear what Rose thinks of this track and then we'll 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 round our way out of this podcast.
4: Uh sexy feeling, I don't even remember the name of the song. I just I don't like this at all. I really don't like this. Like what a dour note to end this episode on, because uh, woo-wee, this is uh very very just it's I don't know. It's like trying way too hard to be cool and edgy, and I'm just like, buddy, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Like you're not You're not giving me a good bill of goods, you know, it's just, I'm a little, I'm a little too weirded out, but just like the weird, like, oh yeah, 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 we're sexy nuke, or whatever. It's just, oh God, please, no, no, no more of this, and I want to have fun, I'm going to go stand Luna, and then I'm going to go watch some Mario movie, and I'm going to live my life. I, I, I recommend you all resolve to do such similar things as that, and I hope you all have a lovely day. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye.
0: See, this is, this is why it's good that I'm, that I'm, you know, on the episode itself and not doing transmissions because, uh, getting, getting the context, I feel like getting, getting the context about the group and about the scene at large definitely softens like whatever criticisms I would have because context is, is so important, which is why I really hate when people, this is a broader thought on music. Uh, I really really hate when people are like you know pitchfork they you know the reviews you know they, they talk about the context too much not about the music and it's like you kind of like the context for for some of the music is really really important it's really like good to have that context especially when it's coming from you know sort of like a non-american artist where you know you don't have that that baked in cultural context of like what's going on uh in music so you're like okay i, I give someone here like okay like whatever thoughts we have okay they're changed now because i know what's going on in the scene because i'm you know I don't live in, I don't live in South Korea so I have you know no idea what's going on in that scene I don't follow the music super closely so it's good to have that and and not 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 to get get at rose too much but you know sometimes it's good to have context it's good to not be so mean uh but but even though again I did I did compare this music to incel youtuber music um <laughs> so maybe maybe I I am the problem here uh to I, I, quote think, to I think I think I think it's totally I'm the
2: understandable with me. it's there is a natural thing that happens in music listening broadly which is just that like certain aesthetics and certain like means of presentation if you're just getting something at a glance especially in a contextless environment like things can rub you the wrong way because of how it is triggering an association and that can sometimes shut someone down from being able to take a song in when really it's like I I was having a conversation with my friend Eva about this about how like because of bro step, people are afraid to have their baseline sit up in a certain range because they don't want to make it sound too wubby. And it's like, before this became played out, like people were doing this for a reason because it's cool. And like, there is still stuff to be mined there. And I do think that some of the K-pop stuff is like that, where it's like, look, are these like the, the coolest, trendiest aesthetics in the world? Not always, but like, I I think you've made me, like, Alexa, the context, but also, like, I I have more of an appreciation for a lot of the craft of this stuff now, as opposed to just being like, I hear something that's not currently what I think is trendy or cool, and therefore I'm going to just sort of, like, reject it. Yeah. Not that that's what Rose was doing, necessarily, but I do (laughs) think that speaks to a certain like there is a certain sense of the song that is that it is it is trying to be cool but i do think that alexis is right that they're especially when you see the music video i think that i think the music video helped me a lot as far as being like okay they're not it's not joke rap but there is a tongue in the cheek like it's not entirely like self-serious
1: yeah i mean i hey like Mm -hmm. i appreciate like some straight up like i do not understand this given my like overburdened over the time and the amount of context that i've like been mining out for literally like seven years and also just like my like straight up fanishness like yeah i fucking like this stuff because i've been like made it my business to be liking this stuff for a while so it's fine when people are just like yeah I, I, this is not for me or for whatever mm-hmm. sort of reason at the same time like i i'm convinced on a basic level that like the kind of craft stuff happening is something that i really value that other people might if they got exposed to it enough and like that's just a sort of like working premise that like i arrive at a lot of these sorts of conversations with that like you know someone can hear some like really interesting production or some like really compelling vocal performances and just be like oh huh maybe there's a thing there that i've been missing in the other pop music i've been digesting and like sometimes that's true sometimes people just do not give a fuck like they're not there for that kind of thing out there pop music like just i'm okay with that like people are after different things but like you know K- k-pop is going to offer you something very specific and quite unique and quite special and like recombinant with other bits of culture that you are aware of but don't like necessarily interface with all the time or don't interface within ways that you find appealing so like yeah maybe you're going to recover the weird like you know 2010 edm track like that you thought you discarded in your like shitty college days like that's going to come back to you and it's going to speak to you again in a way that actually feels tasteful and like any possibility is like opened up by just like finding different ways that other people have been accessing culture to you getting to access culture. And I, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, hey, what's, that's what's my good? heartwarming,
1: t- my heartwarming takeaway.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you Alexis, for, so much for coming on the pod. Uh, Absolute once again, pleasure get get your plugs in you, you got them in early but get them in again one more time yeah
1: i will do you can find me on twitter at regression with three s's don't forget the third s and you can find the podcast that i do uh, it's called hot singles you can find it on twitter at hot uh, singles pods i forgot my own twitter uh let me double check that before i say some bullshit yeah um it is at uh, it's hot singles yeah i completely fucking got it wrong it is at hot singles uh s-a-n-g-o-s and you can find the uh, podcast feeds through that. And if you want to support us and also get the episodes a whole damn week early and you will get an episode very soon, um, you can support the network part of Export Audio um, at exportord.io and give us a dollar a month to get every uh, Hot Singles podcast a week early and also just generally do nice things for a bunch of cool podcast people. That's the plugs. Oh
3: yeah.
0: Here we go. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast. We will see you all next week. Bye-bye, everybody.